There's going to be a lot of background noise today. It's uh, it's ten days from Christmas. Wow, it, it is ten days from Christmas, and that means that it's been almost a month since we did this. Almost a month. Hmm, long time. But not a month, which means that we beat the month cut off. Right? Right? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, the last one was November nineteenth, and today is December fifteenth. So I'm gonna say that we beat the month cut off. Oh, um, of course we did. So, but um, yes, we win. Um, I am your host, Austin, and this person who is virtually next to me is also a host. I forgot his name, though. You're going to have to remind me. Me? Um, you forgot? That's, that's kind of messed up, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm Al. Nice to meet you. See, I, I just I just manipulated you into announcing your name, because I think people like your voice better than mine. If you say so. I'm saying, like, you, you have a sultry, uh, sultry bass... And I've got this like nasally. Only when you do that. This is this is partially true. Um, it's nasally though. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's almost Christmas. We have no Christmas stories because it's not Christmas yet. But uh, over the last month, uh, certain things have happened. I, I think one of them is that a new system launched. But if the Jokers have to say anything about it. Technically, an old system with a new controller has launched because it doesn't do anything special on the hardware front. That's the Wii U. Ha, Neither ha, of us ha. have one. And nope. I think I think there's a good reason for that. Um, we're starting that off with this because uh, there's a question tweet from Eduardo, Edu Buccaneer. He says, uh, and let me get the exact uh, quote so I don't mess it up. He says, how about a little Wii U? T- uh, you spelled Wii with one I. <laughs> why? So how about a little why you talk? Any closer to being interested in one now that it's out, and what do you hope to see later on? Um, I hope to see games that I care about. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope to see something good. Um, but any... Okay, so any other thoughts on it now that it's out? It's out in the open. People have been using it um, and talking about it. Is there anything that you've seen or heard that encourages or dissuades you You know, from touching the thing? Well, I've touched it already. I should say owning the thing. Um, there's currently nothing that will make me buy it right now. And there is nothing that's stopping me from buying it. Well, actually, there's a lot to stop me from buying it. It's my family situation. Yeah. I just don't. I can't justify getting it because it's not a handheld. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pose this hypothetical, and, and it's kind of ridiculous, but a hypothetical situation. If it were to magically drop on your lap as a Christmas gift or as just a mana from heaven or whatever. Oh my god, you're going to give me for Christmas? Maybe not. <laughs> I'm just messing <laughs> that, that, just, that just had to happen. Yeah. Don't. Um, <laughs> if you're thinking about it, don't. No, no, no. But, but that's exactly what I'm saying. If it were to magically drop on your lap, would you would you keep it and try it out? Or would you be like, hey, I'm... If I didn't get this as a gift, I wouldn't have touched this on my own. So I'll just sell it now to the Christmas parents 
for you know equal price or maybe like get fifty dollars back on it and then buy it when the price drops like that type well, of situation. I wouldn't be getting fifty dollars back on it if it was a gift. I'd be getting four hundred dollars back on it. This is true, but um, I'm saying I'm saying assuming that you were to buy it in the future mm-hmm. or buy it like a few months down the line if a game came out that you wanted on it but it hadn't dropped in price yet, you'd be getting fifty back if you were. Um, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah, I know what you mean and. Honestly, I I don't know. Like, if I knew that someone gave it to me as a gift, I wouldn't re- I wouldn't regift my gift or sell my gift. I'd probably just um, maybe I'll set it up and update it, and I don't know. Check out what eShop is. You know, if it's popping, and maybe right. I'll get some eShop for it. I right. won't do anything to move like. Everything that's on my Wii is gonna stay on my Wii. I'm not migrating oh, or any yeah. of that crap. Yeah, if if there's like you know some stuff because the retail products are really not appealing to me right now. Right. Like you know I have Assassin's Creed and I'd probably get um, Ninja Gaiden on another you know like on Xbox or something if I if I can ever get to Ninja Gaiden two well- and. Actually, the thing about that is that I heard that uh, this version of it, the, the Wii U version of it, is improved. Oh, it is? In some ways over the other ones because, um, well, first of all, the feedback for that title was, like, horrendous. Um, oh, right. I heard that. Like, yeah. They really liked it, but I was going to just, like, get it anyway. Yeah, and in the Wii U version, at least they, they fix some of the stuff. Like, it doesn't make it a, a wholly better experience, but they they, they make it feel a little less quick timey. Actually no, they, they, they make it feel a lot less quick timey and they get rid of some stupid like scenes in there or something that people hated. So like it, it, that's a particular case where I think it's a funny case where this version would be better. <laughs> so <laughs> um oh, unless uh, if you listen to what Reggie says, apparently this version of Cod Blops 2 is the best looking one even though Digital Foundry went and looked at the frame rates and determined that it was not. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Reggie is not going to say. Uh, yeah, don't don't bother getting Call of Duty. Cause, oh, of uh, course not. But he shouldn't say, I, I feel like he shouldn't say the opposite when people are have already proven the other the, it otherwise because that, that just leaves a bad taste. Oh, he said it after the fact? I don't, I don't even know what, when he said it. I just know that he said it, and then the website was like, ah, no, no, it's not, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, um, speaking of eShop, oh yeah, Crimson Shark came out for 3DS. Uh, Cribs the Shark. Cribs the Shark? Oh, Crimson no. Shroud. I thought yes. you said Cribs the Shark. I'm like, is that something that I've never heard of? Or are you making fun of <laughs> that, the fact that I like sharks? That's the $1.99 game. Okay. Um, Cribs the Shark is a $1.99 game. Yeah. I think Crimson Shroud is like 8 bucks or something. Was it made but... by Moon People? No, it's uh, level five. Okay, then I'll try it. There are no moon people involved, but it's like some okay. kind of um, fuck them. Roll the dice in real time and chain skills together kind of game. Yeah, I think I saw bonus dice. I saw and an article good. about that. I saw some screenshots of it on my uh, 3ds XL, which I'll talk about in a minute. Ooh, um, yes, that's right. Yeah, back to the Wii U. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm. I'm not even gonna play it. So. If I was to get it, I'd probably keep it in the box unless there's something like, and that's the thing. Like I have to take it out of the box every time I want to play that like eShop game that I would get if it was appealing. And right, you know, 
I probably won't be getting any Wii U games if I had a Wii U probably until like what this time next year when the good games actually start to come out yeah so maybe it'll be a price drop by then yeah I think I think the only thing that made me kind of really consider it is that that little discount thing that they're offering where you know everything that you purchase digitally will give you 10% back in points um, so, like, basically, pretty much every time, every every six retail titles you download will result in a seventh one free. Uh, the problem with that is that you'd have to buy six retail titles. Yeah, and I don't. I generally don't purchase anything at full price. Exactly. You know? And on top of that, I don't think you'd want to wait all that time to download all that game. Well, the waiting you that you well, what do we want? Oh, I was. Gonna, oh, do you mean waiting as in download time, or waiting as in waiting for a price drop or a, or a discount? Uh, which Nintendo time. basically doesn't give. Oh, uh, I've gotten used to that. At, you know, with the with the whole Steam thing. You know, I've gotten used to that idea. Well, the thing uh, is, I think uh, the Wii U has a slower process or something, as far as I heard. I mean, oh, and then that's, on top of that, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's the other thing that I've been hearing. Like the OS is just painfully slow. Yeah. And, like, it takes forever to do a transfer for the Wii. It takes forever to download stuff. And then they were talking about, like, oh, if you download Tekken, or Street Fighter Cross Tekken, I think it is, or, no, Tekken Tag Tournament, mm. you can't even install it because it's not enough space. Yeah, you'd need to put it on, um, you'd need to put it on an external, which, you know, at least they have the option. I know, I know some people are like, well, it's a console, you shouldn't have to care about storage. But, like, the reality of it is, is that you do. Yeah, the reality like, of it is that you do, and that's why they keep coming out with new PlayStations and Xboxes that have lar- higher storage. Yeah, like some but, people are saying, some people are saying like, "Oh yeah, it should just be in there," and that's that. And I'm like, "Fine, but if you want to pay seven hundred dollars for a box, that's what that's what you have to do in order to get you know a two fifty gig drive and not give you the option to add on." And I'm like, "I would rather." St- you know, start off small and have the option to increase, and then like as as the life cycle moves forward, then and you know drive prices become cheaper, then they introduce that. But like, what right. you're going, you're going to say it's a bad thing to include that option? No, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Um, so I mean, I'm glad they're doing that. I I do think though that 32 gig being the like the 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 special version is yeah the stupid. maximum internal like, storage. Yeah, like at that point, it's like why don't you just go 64 at least at least. Now, you know. my question is, can you, are you limited to using flash media or can you attach like a terabyte hard drive to the Wii U? By I think, a, a I think they want you to attach, um, hard disk media. I'm because... sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, I heard that too. Said, that was all I, I said... heard. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I think they want you to use hard drives. Really? Because I think I I think that um, Reggie pretty like when he was at the at the launch event and then even at the E three he was just like you'll be t- you'll be able to attach and then as he listed off the different things he specifically pointed out hard drives you know as long as it's USB um, the, uh-huh. the, and and yes it does have a, a, a an SD card slot but I'm hearing that you can only use that for backwards compatible stuff on Wii which is mm. really stupid. There's a lot of things that I'm hearing. And, and this actually answers his question directly of what have you heard and, like, are you more interested in now? Like, everyone's saying that there are all these problems with it. 
right? There's the load times that you and I just talked about on the OS, the downloading times which you and I just talked about. Then there's the fact that the SD card can only be used for you know backwards compatibility things. So if you have like a four gig SD card, you can't put Wii U stuff on it. Right. So it's like, what's the point? It's almost like, what's the point? And then, and, and I'm not getting rid of my original Wii because I don't have a GameCube anymore, and this is basically my GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't use your save file on someone else's Wii if you put it on a USB stick, or at least for, <laughs> at least for Funky Barn, you can't. For what? Funky Barn. <laughs> yes, what's that's that? a game. That's a game. It's that's... it's it's basically like a, a, a I guess it's like a kind of RTS ish, but. Um, Giant Bomb did a quick look at it because they thought the concept was so ridiculous that they actually bought a, bought a copy and did a quick look. But then, so he he had Jeff had played it at home. He mm-hmm. puts a save file on his USB stick. He brings it into the office, puts it in the office Wii U. Can't use a save file because it's yeah, registered it to his about name. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that. Um, there is like the locking and freezing from the OS. Um, it, it's just like it seems like it's a mess. Oh, oh, and the process to transfer stuff over, which you touched on earlier, it it requires an internet connection, right? So you you know you're downloading the licenses, and then mm-hmm. like it's something where you stick the SD card in the Wii U, connect to the internet, have it do something, then stick the SD card into your original Wii, put all your stuff onto that thing, and then stick it back into the Wii U, and then like do do whatever instead of kind of it just being a. Uh, a wireless thing, a wa- like the not, 3DS. Yeah, either a wireless thing or a here. Just put the license onto the SD card and stick it in your Wii. Like, like, not that connecting to the internet is such a big deal, but like, it just adds a step to the process. It adds a step of uncertainty. Mm. You know, because it's like, well, the internet's slow enough already downloading that stupid update. So who knows what's going to happen when you're trying to download all your licenses? And then the whole thing about like, oh, everything's tied to your machine. It's not tied to an account yet. Even and, though the 3DS thing, I think, is tied to an account. Yeah, like it's 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 like a mess. <laughs> and, and this is like this this is making me be like, I'm definitely not going to buy one in the next year, even if. Even if a game that comes out for it is something that I really want, I'm not going to touch it until they fix at least 70% of these things. Mm-hmm. It's really discouraging that they haven't learned by this point how to do things. Like, even Sony, which is super Japanese, right? Like, they have their own way of doing things. Like, the fact that they already came out with the principle of, hey, you're going to get this, P- this PSN Classic onto your account, and you could play it on your PS3 or you could play it on your PSP, or you could play it on your Vita. Like, you do whatever you want with it as as long as you've bought it. Here they're like, and you just told me this on chat before, it was like, oh, guess what? Guess what new thing came out on 3DS? Ninja Gaiden. Oh, mm-hmm. I already have it on Wii. Can I port it over? Nope. No. Why not? Nope. But it's going to cost me more money. Exactly. Another $5. Yeah, like like really, you're gonna you're gonna nickel and dime us like that? Well, well, of course you are. So it's it's just that type of stuff that's super discouraging. And it's like, yes, it's going to have stuff on it that I can't get anywhere else. But it's reaching a point where I don't care. Like I've got such a massive backlog already. You've got such a massive backlog already. And like the only thing that's going to make me forget about that is if they kind of step into. I shouldn't even say the future. Step into current times and realize yeah. what the what the climate is like. You know, in a in a, in a world where I have um, an Android phone, uh, a tablet, um, 
and another Android device that that used to be a phone and is now my dedicated MP3 player. <laughs> um, and I could download something off the Play Store, and it's tied to that account, and I can get on all three devices without a problem, without a problem, and without any limits, without any limits. And even a company like Apple, where they're like, "Oh, we're controlling everything," they still let you download the same thing to your iPhone, your iPhone 3GS, your iPhone 4, your iPhone 5, your iPad, your iPad 2, and even some things onto your Mac because you know Mac has an App Store now. Like in a world where that is the case, and you're still making me pay twice for Ninja Gaiden on the NES, really? Like that's. I don't know who's running things there. Like, is it? Re- I I have to think that Reggie isn't necessarily in charge of all that type of stuff because he's got to be no. smarter than that. He's got to be smarter than that. You know. I agree. So I don't know. It's got to be you know the the hands in Japan who you know manufacture stuff. Iwata. Thinking about no, I'm not, I'm talking about like the. Project. I just want to say his name that way. <laughs> um and. They've they've got to be like not forward thinking enough to you know think well this person here is going to own all of our stuff why don't we give them the benefit of having content that's shareable yeah. across all three devices if it's going to be something that they can all play like okay an NES Virtual Console theoretically you should be able to play only virtual console that is available on 3ds like oh look, this came out on wii like two years ago yeah. and now it's coming out is available for 3ds you should be able to just migrate that but or or, or maybe they think they're so forward thinking and i'm not saying this as a joke maybe they're like yeah we know the other guys do that but guess what people still buy our shit and we're making loads of money off of them so why should we change maybe maybe that's the case that like, could very that, well that could be, be the case, case and... you, you, you know here's one thing that as you were saying that that i thought about if they're if they're so like brr 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 about emulation and shit, why don't they make? Well, I know why they don't, but it would be great if they made like a Windows emulator, a legal one, and tied that to your eShop account. Like, oh well, I, I'm not gonna answer that because it's a, it's a rhetorical question. We all know that. Right, right. But like in in a world where like I I, I just I, I kind of feel like in a world where everyone else is getting the upper hand on them in terms of digital distribution and the availability of the software on the multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Like, they could they could really shock the world by saying, you know what? There, here's this app called um, NES on the Windows 8 App Store and on the Apple App Store and whatever. Here, buy this. And and they still control the DRM, right, where if you try to load on a ROM, like, it, it, it like, blows your house up. <laughs> but some serious DRM. But then a majority of the people who want to support them, which is always the case, right? It, it always punishes the people who want to support, not yep. the ones – because the people who are going to pirate, they're going to find a way around it. You cannot beat a pirate, and that's the sad state of the world. You, you can't beat them. They're going to find a way around your shit. So if they do that, I would be like, you know what? I, I, you know, I would probably download a lot and pay for a lot more stuff that is on – like I don't even know what's out on Virtual Console anymore because I stop paying attention because I'm just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Like this pricing is ridiculous. They don't, yeah, let they me don't play really it. do much anymore for it. Yeah. But like if they did, it's like, look, here's everything. And yes, we charge $5 for like a 20-year-old NES game. But guess what? You could play it on your laptop if you really wanted to. Play it on your iPhone, grr, if you really wanted to. And I know like rhetorically they're not going to do that. And it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to promote another hardware platform, but I I, I kind of feel like they're so behind that 
instead of just catching up, they need to figure out a way to leap forward. Maybe they do it where it's only like, oh, only NES games are available on your PC. But, you know, they, they do it just as a show of like, yeah, we get it. We're not that dumb. Or are they? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're dumb as much as they are. Stubborn. Stubborn and stingy. And, yeah. You know, it, it, they, they definitely see themselves making a lot more money reselling the same game four times than it is to sell the game once and have you play it on four different platforms. Yeah. It's really funny. I I was reading a a story about why um, Nintendo Land doesn't have an on... Well, and I may be getting the context wrong here, but they asked why Nintendo Land doesn't have multiplayer online Mm -hmm. or at least an emphasis on it. And... The same thing that happened with Metroid Prime Hunters, they, again, they gave the line about, well, we want to create a living room environment and encourage that. And to me, that's again, that that's still backwards thinking. I understand the desire to have that living room atmosphere, but the cold reality is how – like, for example, among our friends, who are the people who are really going to want to play Nintendo Land with each other? You and me. How often do we actually sit in the same living room? Almost never. Because mm-hmm. we just have different schedules, yep. so the reality of the world is is that that's a nice thing, but not everybody who wants to enjoy that is able to. So by effectively forcing you into a living room situation, you are actually f- forbidding anyone—not anyone, but you're forbidding people like you and me from actually having that experience at all. So would you rather have, you know? Some people forgo the living room experience because they have an online option, or would you rather just lock them out of it entirely and then get them to say, you know what, I'm not going to buy your system until it's $100. You know, like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I it, it's primitive to me. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm assuming that the majority of the older people who are going to be experiencing this living room environment are between the ages of uh, 18 and 25. Yeah. Because, you know, once you get out of college, all that living room crap goes out the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just it, it, it's so backwards, and it and it worries me. It worries me from a perspective of Galaxy was great. Galaxy Two is probably great. I don't know yet because I haven't played it. Um, yeah. Twilight Princess was great for me. A lot of people hated on that. Fine, but I thought it was great. Um, I hear mixed things about Skyward Sword because they're like, well, it's the same thing except you get waggle now, like full waggle. So for the next. Delta title. Are they going to just be like, yeah, we're, um, uh, this is a new link, and he's going to start off in a village, and he's going to find a sword, and then he's going to learn about this princess, and he's going to go into eight different dungeons, and he's going to find these things that allow him to advance in each dungeon, and it's like, well, wait a second. Haven't we heard all this before? Yes, yeah. but, you know, Plenty of times. This, is, this is the way we do our shit. Well, then. I won't be buying your machine, sir. Like, and, and, and it recently came to me. Like, I was thinking about it. Why is Activision allowed to give you the same shit every year? And I don't know. Why is Electronic Arts allowed to give you the same thing every yeah. year, too? And and it's... I, I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that the people who buy football games are just going to do that. Yeah. And there were... Re- because they're, they're, what they're really looking for is... The subtle changes that occur in the real life football, which right. is people being traded, people being signed, people being drafted, yeah, and yeah, technically you could do that with uh, a patch, but 
of course, that's not how you make money every year. So, I, yeah, that's how they are allowed to make to release the same product every year. I, and and that's not even you know just football. It's just that's the biggest thing. When yeah. they come out with what the same Medal of Honor, and it's paling in pa- comparison to Call of Duty, which is the subject of the conversation. This part, right. right? Uh, in fairness to them, I and while I don't, this is why I don't buy sports games yearly. But I can understand if you know. If we're talking about it, and this is me being snarky, but if we're talking about a 2K sports, mm-hmm. the sports games that come out every year, they're simulations. And simulating real life as closely as possible is probably the like the hardest thing to do when you're yeah. making a video game. Especially so, nowadays. Like, yeah. Back and so, in the like, days of like Live 95, it was a little different. Yeah. And so getting a little closer every year is probably more valuable to the person who's really interested in Madden. You know, so and I can. That's well, probably the only game they buy that year, right? Or right. one of three, right? And Another it's about being Call yeah. of Duty, <laughs> right? So it's about the audience, and going by that philosophy, I think the audience for a Zelda game they want more than that, mm-hmm. and so that's why we kind of lambast the companies for being like, oh, it's gonna be the same thing over again. It's like, well, we don't want the same thing over again. But the flip side of well, that we'll coin. Take it. <laughs> Yeah. The flip side of the coin is that, well, you should know your audience, right? You should know that they might want something else. Yeah. So the the other thing to that is, I think, in Zelda's case, and, and, and except for Skyward Sword, which I've heard does different things with the plot. It does. The, it's definitely not um, the same kind of plot that has been seen in the various other uh, Zelda games. Yeah. I, I, you, you beat it, right? Yep. Okay. So there's that. And the Majora's Mask also was... You know, oh yeah, that you know, that was more like a Zelda Garden. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest ones have been very similar in feel, and you know, you and I have always made the argument that like, look how many Zelda games there are out there, and then like, look how different they actually are from each other. Mm-hmm. But the broad strokes of the biggest ones, and the broad strokes of the ones that they really pimp out to the public, like it's basically like, for me, it was like Ocarina of Time basically took uh, a link to the past and made it three D in terms of the structure. And then Twilight Princess just rebooted Ocarina of Time in better visuals, and that mm. that's that's kind of the dismissive angle. But, but theoretically, if you look at it at its core, when you're talking about structure, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and like the storyline, this the the plot is different in each one, but the general story is the same. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Call of Duty, you got the World War Two ones. All right, so those are out of the way. Mm-hmm. Modern Warfare comes, and it's one story. Modern Warfare com- 2 comes, and it's a continuation of the first story. Modern Warfare 3 is a climax and conclusion to Modern Warfare 2. And then Cod Blops is a new story, and Cod Blops 2 is a continuation of Cod Blops. So they're actually, even though the game is the same, they're actually building a, a followable story. And you know that allows people to care about it mm-hmm. because things are moving forward. As much as the gameplay stagnating, you know, you and I always say God of War, more of the same. It doesn't matter because it's fun. And the I, I, the reason why like a lot of people allow that to slide is because at least they're giving us like a like a continuous plot that we could be interested in. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's I, I feel like people like who are looking at Zelda and Mario and are like this is the same shit over and over and over again. I think they're talking about the plot and they're not talking about the gameplay because if it was just the gameplay, people wouldn't care. You know, True. there's still plenty of people out there who are just like, I just want to play Mario in high def. And I don't care if New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, oh, I'm sorry, New Super Mario's U, uh, something something U, has... New Super Mario Brothers U. 
They should just call it You Super Mario Brothers. It has yeah. no, it has no like additional whatever, but it's just in HD. So you know, that's fine. What do you mean? It's just it's just a Mario game with. Well, didn't they um, did they add an ability from another game? Yeah, they 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 have some other strange abilities now, like uh, a suit that you could do something different with. <laughs> So I forget what it is because I tried it out and then um then I did the the pad thing. But there's a new suit, and that's pretty much it. Is it new levels? Uh, uh, is it like an no no? The ice suit was in the other one. What? The the ice ball suit? The ice flower? That was in that was in the Wii one. Yeah. Um. um but there, there was some kind of like bouncing or some other. I don't remember exactly because it, you know, it was only Hammer? Like five minutes, like six months ago, huh? Hammer, maybe? No. Oh no, that was. Let me three. see. Um, acorn. There's ice flowers in this, but you get an acorn to turn into a flying squirrel. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, and you you like flap wings and shit. It's kind of like the cape. Mm-hmm. I'll just bring back the cape. Anyway, I think we've beaten the Nintendo drum to death. Sorry, Nintendo, but you gotta. Long way to go. Um, there are a few more questions. Uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll go back to the other questions and uh, some of what you've been playing and buying. So we're back. More questions. None of this. None of these questions are actually uh, full of content, except for maybe one, and it's not by virtue of the fact that the answer is no. But uh, <laughs> we got a question from Adon asks: Have you guys played Double Dragon downloadable on the PS3? No. No, sorry. No, um, unfortunately. I heard it was good, but it was I heard that it was good from someone who was behind the making of the game, so I, I don't know. So that doesn't really count. Yeah, it doesn't really count. Um I think that what well, is that that's neon, right? Yeah. So I saw I saw some video of it and like kind of extensive gameplay of it and part of it kind of looks awesome and part of it looks really dumb. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think about it, really. Um, it's one of those things where it's good for a nostalgic bit, but at some point you start to look at it and you're like, you know, this I, I can't I can't you know play this for hours, really, because mm-hmm. it's just mashing on the button. Like try playing Final Fight today. Or, well, I could or... play Final Fight any day. I'm just that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should say if you ask me to try Final Fight or any of those Konami arcade fighters today I'd be like I'm not wasting money or time on any of those <laughs> like I mean it's it, it's it's part of a bygone quarter munching era that is irrelevant today I think mm-hmm. um, it is rather re- irrelevant today like it's different for something like Jamestown because that is more there's a lot okay so I'll, I'll, I'll well, shoot piss. I think when it comes to uh, fans, it's something that is ageless. I mean, I'm I'm now like really playing Xavius, like trying to really seriously get far in it. It's it's a hard game, and that's what I was gonna say. Uh, exactly what you said. It, mm. It's in the it's in the skill that's needed to play those those genres. Yeah. Uh, that genre. Th- that there is it. very little skill. Needed to play, um, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's not skill. It's just you know, not getting sick of it and continuing to pump quarters in it. 
Right. And for just at, at, at the risk fun of with other people. Yeah. At the risk of pissing that. some people off. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all it is. Um but yeah, so I don't know. I saw some cool things. I saw some silly things. Like all the dancing and music stuff is like um okay. Thanks for the air guitars, guys. Wait, what? They do some silly poses, and I don't know. It, I could be misremembering, but it kids. seems... No, not even... Wow. It's kind of like... I feel like maybe... It, did you ever see Airheads? Yes. Is it Airheads? And like mm-hmm. they do all the air guitar the, shit? <clears throat> where they I feel like it's the for that station. crowd. I feel like it's for that crowd. <clears throat> the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, late '80s, early '90s, and likes well, th- who likes beat 'em ups? People from the late '80s and early '90s. So there you go, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I I like beat 'em ups, but they're like I like Guardian Heroes, which is what I, was I think that's slightly different. Guardian Heroes is slightly different because yeah. there's experience and leveling and stat building. And, yeah, and just I love beating those motherfuckers up. It's great. Well, I was actually gonna say in in in. And again, this could be me being misinformed by what I saw, but I think there's a little bit more technique to a Guardian Heroes than Neon. And yeah, possibly. I could be wrong. I, I could be. I could just be basing it totally on the fact that the people who were playing it didn't know what they were doing. Maybe so because um, you know. I, do you know if there are combos and things like that, special moves in Double Dragon? I think there's X X X X X. That's not. A combo. Um, I mean, that's a combo, <laughs> but that's not a combo. Uh, I don't think there. There doesn't seem to be technique, but I could be wrong. Um, I don't think there is. Um, I I do I, I think there is like um, character building, hmm, okay. but the question is, what do you do with that? Right. Right. Is it is just, it so just that you can press X less? Yeah. Is is X X X X X more powerful, or do you get different moves? Who knows? Um, so. You know, that's why I said some parts of it did look really cool, but I'm just still skeptical, um, which perhaps I should give it the benefit of that because it is way forward, yeah. and those guys are, are generally pretty good about their nostalgic takes on things. True. Um, well, I don't recall so we'll playing a way forward fighter, but that should really not have anything to do with anything. Did, did they do any fighters before this? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the answer is no. We've not, but maybe <laughs> one day. Yeah, um, a couple of years from now. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I think that's why I can still play Double Dragon 2 with oh, you. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I think that just the way that it feels is very... You feel in control of what you're doing and to the point where you do have to employ a lot of skill in addition to luck and just pounding on the button. Um, I think 3 made things just way too hard. I think 1 was just weird, and I think games like Final Fight are just about like, all right, let me just make sure I line up with this guy right, and that you know I press start enough times or quick enough uh, so that I start to continue. Oh. <laughs> That's it. I'm like, start has nothing to do with the general gameplay. This isn't No, no, it th- no, it does not. It does not <laughs> be correct, but... Let me shoot the like, elect beam and keep pressing start to destroy the. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, if that worked and shoot, in what's his level. name now? The big dude with the eye. With the eye? Yeah, that boss, the 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 big mass of clay with the eye in it that you the beat. golem, the the yeah. Mega Man golem. Yeah, I forget it. It's got a name. Um, I don't remember. The internet is smarter than we are, so. Um. 
They just call it the Golem boss battle. I think they just call it the Golem. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. But that's what it, that's what Google seems to be telling me. Okay. Um, seems I mean, to be. It is a Golem. Yeah. That With transfers its body to each side of the screen. It's a one-eyed snake Golem thing. <laughs> Gross. Um, we have a question from Rob Kelly Edwards asks, will the PS4 be the first system where people wear contact lenses? <laughs> you know, I, I think I sent you an Maybe. article about um, contact lenses with LCD. You did. It. You did with a, with a UI. Yeah. I and didn't so get to read possibly, that yet, though. You know, Sony might license that technology, even though the new PlayStation will come out, like, what, next year? Yeah, supposedly, but who knows? <laughs> it'll, it'll be so expensive that you'll want to work extra to, uh, yeah. to buy it. Apparently, yeah, just like the PlayStation Three. Oh wait, was that PlayStation God. Two? That was three. Oh, was it three? Okay, but I certainly didn't want to work extra to buy it. I certainly didn't want to either. It was actually yeah. purchased for me, and then I had to purchase another one because it broke. Oh, but that's oh. that's when it wasn't expensive enough for you to need to work a second job for it. Oh no, no, yeah, it was like I think three hundred. Yeah, then, not six hundred. Um, we have a question from. Our old friend Adrian Abels, a.k.a. Shenlongbo, he asks... Shlingbao. Why do you keep supporting atrocities by playing vidge games? <laughs> He's obviously kidding, of course. Yes. In light of I, the I said, tragedy I said because, yesterday. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, I've been looking at uh, Kotaku headlines because I'm really trying to like not pay attention. Like Facebook is just all alight with this. And now yeah. Kotaku, like every other news post, is like... Fox News says that this guy was playing video games, and then this oh, other really? news outlet oh, was like, this guy's playing Mass Effect, and I was like, what the God. fuck? You know what? I, I think it's because I thought that we were past this, which we clearly aren't, No, we that were, I didn't even register that he was joking about that, but yeah. Um, yeah. I say, because science, that's why. That's my reason. Well, yeah. Everything is for the sake science. of science. Science! Um, and because it's, actually, if we're talking about shooting guns... That's that's how it hurts nobody. Yeah. Um. I. I. You know what? I. I will say that I think by nature, as as animals, we we all have a, a you know a, a cathartic instinct to us, and it has to be let off somehow. Certainly. Um, in, in some of way. us. Yeah. And you know, I think sports is one of them. This is another. Um. Uh. Heavy metals, yet another. <laughs> mm-hmm, certainly. NWA is was another. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of these methods were construed as, like, sources of catharsis. It was like, no, it's not. It's, there's some people who don't understand, and they misuse it, and then they turn it to a bad thing. Correct, but Really, yes. it's just an outlet. It's an outlet yes. for all that anger and all that pain. That yes. We, and all that stress that we experience in our daily lives. Yes. Um, we actually managed to make real answers out of these silly questions. <laughs> so... Um, Okay, so that that's question. So we haven't uh, we haven't done this as, as as par for the course recently. We haven't done this uh, in about a month. So you know what is what is up with you, sir? What have you been playing or purchasing? Uh, well, I'll begin with uh, I guess my purchase. I, I that's always a, the the juicy stuff. Yeah, the juicy stuff, the fun stuff. I bought a Nintendo 3DS XL. 
Yeah, you are on board with the with with the eyesight. Yeah, and I think it was like the best purchase I've made. Um, really, in a couple of months. Really, really. I mean, wow. granted, it was on sale. There's a reason why I bought it was because it was on sale at Best Buy for one fifty nine. That is a steal. That is an incredible steal. Yeah. And uh, I was going to get it with the Mario Kart Seven bundle, but Best Buy didn't have it. So I just bought what I originally wanted in the first place, which was the Fire Red, Flame Red, whatever it's called, Nintendo 3DS XL. Um, we have matching ones now. Hmm? We have matching ones. We have matching 3DS XLs now. And um, I am in love with this thing. I mean, the screens are huge. They're bigger than I thought they were. And just like watching stuff on Netflix on it. And like I, you know, I'm starting to watch Archer now. Uh, well, mm-hmm. continuing to watch Archer, but I only saw like two episodes when I first started. So now I'm on like episode seven mm-hmm. slash episode six because I keep falling asleep on six yesterday <laughs> since I was up for like 26 hours. Um, the just you know watching it is is just great, and the 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 console feels very very sturdy, like in my hands. Um, playing. I mean, I've played a couple of 3DS games, but like I played um, Mario, New Super Mario Brothers 2, and Pushmo. I think I might have played Pushmo on it. No, I didn't play Pushmo on it. I think all I played was New Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, oh, and Xavius. And I played, you know, I've been playing my main game is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2, or mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Um,. That game, I mean, the DS games. Have you played DS games on this thing? I mean, you have, you've, you um, have or had a three a DS. I played it on the regular one, and I found the scaling to be uh, to to leave a lot to be desired. Really, and and I think that's why I'm a little apprehensive of playing it on the even bigger screen. I mean, there's there's no choice. I'm going to have to. The three DS has a bigger screen than the uh, the DSi XL. Uh, no, 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 I. I I'm so, oh, you asked me if I played them on the XL. I, I meant that I played them on the 3DS. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm – okay. I was asking because I was wondering if you also played DSi, uh, DS games. Well, obviously, you had to play DS games on DSi XL. You had right, DSi right. XL. Like, do you still have yeah. it or you sold it? I sold it. Okay. But the, the thing is that the scaling was okay because it's pixel for pixel. It's just that the pixels are bigger. Right. And that's fine. So the same thing with the 3DS XL is that the pixels are bigger, but it's the same amount. And so you get a little bit more jaggy, but that's kind of okay. Like, I don't mind that as much. Um, I mean, we're past the days of the PS2 where that's the only thing it had to offer. Um, Troll. um, But in the case of regular DS titles, because they're natively at a lower resolution, that's what I was saying that I was unhappy with the scaling of that. Mm -hmm. On the 3DS. Correct of of regular DS games and and that's why I'm kind of apprehensive of you know putting my first DS cartridge in this guy the bigger one and saying all right eyes are crossed I mean not eyes are crossed fingers are crossed <laughs> although it would make my eyes crossed so who knows um well I'm very very satisfied with playing Tactics A2 on the 3DS XL it's just it's just a lot more to see a lot more space to just it just to looks- operate. Yeah, it, it almost, you know, I think that when I was playing, because, you know, I usually play like at 12, 1, 2 in the morning, so I'm already tired. I think that yeah. when I was playing on the 3DS, I was getting fatigued just by looking at the game 
and combined with thinking about what I have to do for each of the moves and you know the, oh yeah yeah these strategy games you know the levels take a long time uh, playing on the 3ds XL is just like relieving almost I, I've yeah. been playing a lot longer even in the late night I've been playing a lot longer yeah and the battery seems to last a bit longer as well um, like a good bit longer I would play you know maybe a couple of hours on a 3ds and then I would look at the battery and it'd be like you know three out of four bars which technically yeah. is good but then I'd have to charge it because if I were to take it to work I'd play for like a half an hour and it'd be red and like, oh come on yeah and it didn't happen like that with the, with the XL I played for like probably a good two hours and then it was like oh, okay battery's red and I kept playing for like another 45 minutes and then the light started flashing so I started to charge it yeah. Um uh, that and, and largely I think I think what you said about the screens and the relief on the eyes is the biggest benefit of what I saw in the regular XL. Mm-hmm. And that's why when they announced this, um even though I was skeptical it was like oh the battery life and then when it eventually came around to it, I was like, well, you know, I do remember that the bigger screens were like I really did benefit from them. So, okay, I'll go all in and that's why I got it. Mm-hmm. Um I also demoed one at the store because that was my main my main thing was the d-pad the d-pad on the 3ds is really sticky and it's not fun to be playing like mario uh new super marvelous 2 and making a jump and not making the jump completely because you you expect a certain amount of give on the pad and the pad isn't giving so you stop moving forward it also has sharp corners it also has sharp corners and it was very unpleasant to use. Yes, it was. And the first thing I did on the demo unit was just try the D-pad. around with the D-pad. And I said, oh, yep. oh my god, it's the DSi D-pad. And yep. I, I was like, I'm immediately sold. Yeah, I still I still think that the, the DS Lite D-pad and the GBA one are the best ones. And I wish they would kind of go back to that feel. But, like, this one is kind of, you know, for lack of anything else, this one's good enough. Yeah. Um... You know what the, the 3DS's one to me was like? It was like the Dreamcast pad. Oh, gosh. It was. Like, with the sharpness and the, and the mm. corners, the edges. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, you know what the best part of the... One of the best parts of the Vita is, is that the, the D-pad has a middle. Oh. I did kind of, like, fudge around with the DS, uh, DS with the Vita at uh, Best Buy, but it wasn't working. So, like, I just kind of fooled around with the analog. But I don't remember touching the D-pad. But it has a middle to yeah, it, it now. Yeah, and it feels good. If, if, if nothing else, like that feels like a very nice piece of hardware. Um, and you know, it's it's I, you know, Sony's never been bad at that. I don't think, except for maybe the PS One. Um, yeah, that was just because they were getting started. They weren't really familiar. Yeah. But yeah, like the the Vita is a very nice feeling piece of hardware. Oh no, I, I should I, I should actually re- I retract that. I, I think that the the PSP three thousand. The latest model of the original one, uh, I think that feels super cheap. Oh yeah, yeah. Because compared to the first one, the second one feels pretty cheap too. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's lighter. Um, it's got the glossy back, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, uh, people like lighter and thinner. Um, I like thinner, but Not lighter fancy. isn't. Yeah, that's the thing. And like when something's light, I don't like it. Like if it's too light, I just feel like it's gonna fall out, fly out of my hand, and I'll, I'll never see it again. <laughs> um, like I picked up, um, I picked up the Motorola Droid uh, Razer HD, not the Max. The Max is the one with the super battery life. Right. This is just the regular HD. Okay. And it was 
it was like picking up a sheet of paper, and I'm like, I would wow. never want to use this phone. Never. That's kind of like what the Galaxy S3 kind of feels like. It's, yeah, is know, it that light? <clears throat> compared to mine with the whole keyboard and everything, and then you pick up the oh. Galaxy S3 and it's Oh, right, you got the keyboard. I, I think a lot of phones are going to feel that way to you. It might it might be oh, a, yeah. a, a shock. Well, then like, again, the, the Galaxy Victory doesn't have uh, a keyboard, and it felt just as uh, massive as mine. But the Galaxy S3 is like paper thin, and it's yeah. got this big screen. And I felt like every time I picked it up to work on it with um, Evelyn, I would feel like I was gonna drop it. And I'm like, I'm scared to touch it. Yeah. <laughs> and and the the side effect of me getting an extended battery for my phones mm-hmm. is that it makes it heavier. And people oh, are yeah. like, I don't want it to be heavier. And like, I don't want it to jet up. But I'm like, you know what? It feels better in the hand, and that's what matters. Like I have, you know, I can understand for some people, like you know. Like women who wear tighter jeans, or or guys who wear tighter jeans, or like um or whatever, I can understand. Like, look, you don't want that to bulge out in your pocket. It's going to be super uncomfortable. I get that. I don't wear those, so you know it's not a problem for me, mm-hmm. and I prefer that. Um, and the same thing with you know with the PSP three thousand. It's just like the, the the one saving grace is that I am holding it with two hands, so I know I'm not going to like it's not going to fling out of my hand. But still, I'm like. Ugh, it's it's a scary proposition. Um, and I also like the spring-loaded door. Like, oh, I know yeah. it's prone to errors, but like it, it feels like it's not just going to you know unlatch by itself. Which it kind of sort of did. Like the, my 2000 sort of did that. Did the 2000 have a spring door or a... No, or a... it's just a, okay. a, a... Just a flap. It's just a flap, yeah. Cheap-ass plastic flap. Ugh. Um, let me move on to the stuff I've been playing. Um, yes, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics A2. I have 36 hours logged into it, and it's mostly like trying to refine my team. Because at first I was going to stop playing it. Um, for the longest time, I had just this people who I started with. Uh-huh. And I was very confused as to how I, I thought maybe I missed something. And I wasn't getting extra members because of my own fault. And then we uh-huh. looked at the book and it said there are two ways you get party members. Either through a quest, like something will pop up and someone will uh, want to join. Or mm-hmm. by accepting a quest that is, like there, there are certain um, jobs that come up. And the job is, you know, get a new clan member. And you go yeah. there and then they say, uh, answer a couple of questions. And then they try and give you somebody who fits whatever the questions, whatever your answers were. Yeah. And I wasn't getting any of that. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know what I'm going to do here. And, you know, I can't send people out. I can't dispatch people to get quests done while I'm trying to do other quests. And it's just going very slowly. Also, you know, keep in mind that I wasn't really doing the main quest missions at the same time. Because I was trying to get skill points so that I could learn abilities and move on. Yeah. New classes. And on top of that, there are certain classes that you can only get by doing jobs. And so... I think at this point I have most of them, but there are still certain uh, races that only have, like, the base jobs. Like, I have the Sikhs, and the Sikhs have uh, four jobs, and I only mm-hmm. have two of them accessible. Um, and the main problem with that is that all your skills come from weapons, and all your weapons come from the shop. But in order to get oh. new... You know how, like, in most RPGs, as you play the game, you get more weapons open up in the shop, and then you get the ability to buy more stuff that allows you to get more abilities. Well, right. in Tactics A2, 
the only way you can get new products is if you uh, go to the bazaar and you trade in loot that you get from your enemies. And it feels um, it sounds very esoteric. It does. And like it, in order to do this, you have to know about this thing and then do that thing, and then oh, for this other thing, you have to do this other specific thing that you have to know about and do that thing, and it just feels like you know. Yeah, it, it does, and that's why I was going to stop playing uh, because. There are certain classes that I have no weapon, not no weapons, but I have like four weapons for, and three of those weapons give you skills. So uh-huh. all of the characters who I have who um, can use that, uh, who who can use that job, they can only learn four skills, and then they gotta move on to something else. And then there are other jobs where I have like a buttload of weapons and a buttload of abilities, but I don't want everybody to be the same job. Sure. So. Um, I've started to just kind of focus on getting loot in certain places and getting better loot so that I can get the better weapons and get the better um, abilities. Right. But like, I'm still not able to steal like weapons and steal armor from enemies because I don't have those weapons that give those thief abilities. Oh, and I see. Then going back to the Sikhs, the two classes that they have are um, Berserker and Ranger. And I think I only have like two or three berserker weapons that give you know berserker moves, and then two or three weapons that give ranger moves. So once they learn it, now all the skill points I get for them are gonna be a waste. Right. And I have three seeks, and I I really want to open up those other two classes, but I don't know how. I mean, I don't want to look up how. I just want to be able to go into it and you know, get to that point. But I have a ton of weapons for the other two classes. One is Lenista, and the other is Viking. And why couldn't they just give me all four classes at once? I mean, it would be do, great. do you do you feel like it's uh, like it's an issue with the design, or is it just because you're trying to do a certain thing and and maybe it's just a little harder than than you would have liked? I think it's an issue with the design because um, you know you don't control what loot you get, and when you trade in the loot, um, you know you don't really know what you're getting until the end. And you may wind up unlocking something that you already have gotten in, like uh, as a prize. That's frustrating, and that's really frustrating. The only way, the only reason why you'd want to buy it is if you happen to have more than one person using that job at the same time, right? Um, so really, like, it's all about getting that, getting the loot, and going to the bazaar and trading the loot in, and um, I, that's why I'm trying to like focus on doing the quests and seeing if maybe that will kind of you know well, what it does is it progresses the game first off so that you can get better loot and get the better grade because the items that you get are a b c d e grade right and obviously if you stay in the beginning of the game you're not going to get anything but like level one loot and you're not going to be able to unlock but the d and e rank stuff right so further i get along in the game the better chance i'll be able to get better loot anyway that'll give me better items but I I find myself using like you know just the same core six people. Granted, that's okay. It's just not what I really want. You know, I want to be able to have. I can't have it exactly the way I had it in the original tactics because of the way the laws work. Which, oh, you know, I wonder if something like that could be. uh, I'm sorry to cut in, but I was just thinking about this. If it's something that could be rectified by saying, you, you know dependent on your level and your class and whatever, instead of just randomly giving you loot, you say you could take one of these things and they give you a choice. Mm, that would be nice. Or or I don't know if that's too 
too pandering or too pampering. But the thing is, you don't know what loot will give you what items. Right. It's just that as you get a gather loot, you go to the bazaar, it will say, oh, you can get this item. And when you go select that item, whatever it is, like C grant, C, <clears throat> C rank, uh, moldy tomes or something like that, right? Yeah. So you already know it's going to be a book of some sort for like a scholar or a seer. And then you go and you have to put like three pieces of loot together. So now you're selecting what loot out of your list. And there are multiple pieces of loot that kind of like conform to that particular type of uh, grade, like what you're looking for but it may not be a part of the combination so you have to like put them together to make sure that they all work out that way mm -hmm. and then it says do you want to use do you want to give up these three pieces say yes and then it says you now can buy this book from the store right um so it's a lot of i don't know until it's over type of stuff right and it's fine. It's like I'm trying not to get fixated on the loot because loot is useless in any other means. It's like you could sell it for gill, but what's the point? Then now yeah. you're giving up. I mean, you would sell loot for gill if you knew that that loot is useless in the bazaar. Um, we're moving on. Uh, the law system is yeah. – it's the fucking law system. <laughs> uh, it's silly at times and – you know, if anybody who's played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, they know that sometimes they put you in stupid situations where yeah, uh, the law really makes it a lot more difficult for you to do what you're supposed to do. Uh, I had to do one where, uh, granted, I didn't have to kill everybody, which was great. To kill, I didn't have to defeat everybody, which was good. But there was a law against harming females. <laughs> so you couldn't do anything to harm uh, Gria, which are these like winged, like Morgan looking kind of female. Suck you by. And Viera, which are the, you know, bunny eared cat girls. The rabbit. Yeah. Uh, I had to fight. I had to hit one, I think. No, no, no. Actually, I didn't hit, I didn't hit one in that one. Um, but I was afraid that if I did a counter, which I did do, that it was going to cause a violation, but it didn't. I was happy about that. But then there was one where I think harming humes was one of the laws. And uh, this one also wasn't a defeat all the foes. It was like defeat this one guy before he gets to the boat. Mm -hmm. But I cast blind on a hume thinking, okay, I'm just going to blind him. And I got violated. I'm like, how does that harm him? I guess being blind as opposed to not being blind is a, a yeah, harmful that... status. It, yeah, it's like arbitrary, like... This is what we qualify as X, Y, and Z. So, and perhaps they could have benefited from saying, "This is what we mean when we say don't do this to a person." Yeah, because I mean they they do say that, but they say committing harmful actions toward such and such. Like, yeah, I I mean I don't believe blind is harmful in a video game in real life. Yes, it is, but maybe I should apply real life <laughs> in sometimes. real life. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but. Then there are some silly laws like, oh, you can't attack anybody lower level than you. And you're, you're doing a quest where everybody's lower level than you. Like, come on. What can yeah, that seems ridiculous. Like, I don't remember any of that type of scenario happening happening in FFTA 1. No, not really. Like, there were, there were a few laws that were, like, silly, but... You know, when people were complaining, oh, it's stupid, I was like, yeah, it, it, it makes it more challenging. Like, it may not be the best thing in the world, but I don't mind it. This sounds like, yeah, it's silly. Yeah, and the way they treat uh, breaking the law is different than in TA1. 
breaking the law, breaking the law. In the first one, it was cool because, like, okay, you um, the character breaks the law, they get a yellow card, or if they really break the law hard the first time, red. they get a red card. But then, if they do it twice, if they had a yellow card the first time, you get a red card, and then they go to jail, and then you can't actually access the character for several days. Mm. So what I did, I had an assassin, a Vera assassin, and she was always in and out of jail. It was awesome. This is it. <laughs> I would always have her go in and like vanish and like kill somebody from behind with a knife. Just and, because? Well, that's what she did. That that was her her specialty was vanishing mm. and one one shot killing people. And she would always be doing that on days when the law was like no one shot kills or uh don't attack with a knife or something and she'd always be in jail and I'm like that's my fugitive right there she gets the job done whatever and it didn't have any she won't effect. snitch <laughs> it didn't have any effect on everybody else well in TA2 uh, if you violate the law what it does is it takes away your privilege you have a, a privilege that I, I now realize is something that's active throughout the um the level some you have like a power up, speed up, mm-hmm. agility up, move up, and then there's some other ones that you get by doing trials. But I thought that what it meant was at the end of the level you get more power. You know, like you get an extra point to your power stat, your attack stat. But what it really is is that your attack is up during the level. So when you break the law, you lose that upgrade. And on mm-hmm. top of that, if you lose characters due to knockouts in the middle of the level you can't revive them with a phoenix down so if everybody gets knocked out game over uh and then you also don't get prizes at the end usually you get a couple of things if you uphold the law while you're uh you know when you finish the level you uphold the law you get some stuff you don't get that if you violate so you do something inadvertently like copycat is like one of the hardest laws to follow especially late at night because you got to Remember what the last thing somebody did was like. Regardless, oh you, goodness, it could be the other the other side too. So, say somebody attacks and then three people just don't do anything. You got to remember that that three turns ago somebody attacked, so you can't attack. You got to do something else. You know, some other kind of action oh. that's not just attack. Oh. And sometimes you forget, and then you you attack and violate. Boom! Now you lose your your privilege, and anybody who's knocked out goes to jail. And if you if you finish the level, you don't get a benefit, which is well, whatever. But you can see how like breaking the law is kind of, you know, now it hurts everybody. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I have no choice but to break the law if I want to finish the level, and I'm like, all right, whatever. I just don't get right. privilege, and I gotta kill everybody. But uh, it's hard tiptoeing around sometimes. So that's that's all I want to say about that. Um, it I reminds me of that. Assassin's Creed. Three, if that makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me yet because I haven't really played enough of it. I, I should say, in a sense of like, um, not from any like mechanical perspective, but from a perspective of like, you here's an objective, and um, then detected failed. It's like wait, wait, wait you didn't uh, say that I couldn't get detected. Yeah, and I think that happened in in two as well just not, or the the two games but not as often as i perceived it to happen in in 3 and um and certainly they weren't they didn't seem to be as harsh about it or they'd very clearly tell you 
objective part of the objective is you cannot be detected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel like I got that benefit in three as much, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, okay. Other than that, um, I play a little bit of push mall. I'm on level four challenge 15. I think I got like 36 plus da, 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 da. maybe 40 more puzzles left to do. Mm-hmm. I played the demo to fractured soul on 3ds which is mm-hmm. pretty fun. Uh, That's the thing where it's like the same person in two different timelines or perspectives. Yeah, you have like this one guy and he's in the same level, but he's got two dimensions or something. You can switch between the dimensions to get past the obstacles because there's sometimes obstacles on one. Yeah. <sighs> one dimension. I, s- I saw some gameplay video and it r- reminded me slightly of Mighty Switch Force. Yeah, it's kind of like Mighty Switch Force, except... Instead of it being, you know, you switch the state of the one world, you put yourself in between two worlds. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of platforming and a little bit of shooting involved. But, you know, it's mainly a platformer of, okay, I got to get from the bottom to the top. I got to climb this ladder, jump, switch, land on a platform, jump, land on a platform, jump, switch, climb a ladder, jump, switch, and, and use the bar. And there's a lot of, you know that kind of stuff oh, i gotta kill this guy but then i gotta switch because he's uh you know shooting at me or you know that kind of thing right um but i'm really interested in getting it but i'm trying to wait and every day i'm like looking at the e-shop and i'm like i want to put like 20 dollars on the e-shop and get me some games yeah. but i'm trying to wait yeah uh trying to do a little bit of mario um coin rush I keep getting street passes from people. Uh, I thought you said corn rush. I was like, what? Yeah, corn rush. Um, <laughs> there's a, There was a free pack of levels for coin rush that came out a couple of weeks ago. I think it's pay now. But um, it those the, that pack was classic levels. So it gives you like world 1-1. One, one, and then when you uh, go down that first pipe, you know, the first pipe 1-1 one, one that you can go down. Yeah. It takes you into 1 2. Oh. And if you manage to go like through 1 2 and then end 1 2 the regular way, you come up the pipe back at the end of 1 1 and you can oh. finish the level. Or you can go through the warp zone and there's just a bunch of coins that come out of the pipes for the warp zone. And then there's more. And the whole thing is that like you have to do it in 100 seconds and there's some time extenders, but. Really, it's like a rush to get, and that's why it's called Coin Rush. Uh, you got to get as many coins as you can, and then the second level is uh, second level is taken from Mario Three, uh, the first stage of Mario Three, and then some of the parts of Mario Three. I think the first level, the first couple of levels in the first stage. Um, the third one, I wasn't familiar with. It might have been something from Mario World, or maybe the first New Super Mario Brothers. I don't remember, but it's something like throwback and mm. i did uh like shoot i can't remember i think i had like 11,000 coins and then the record you find out what the person who sent you their challenge is after you finish the level and it was like 13,000 in the same number it was like ah oh, 2,000 more coins <laughs> uh but that's it's pretty fun for me to do every so often and you know it being that i finished like the main game uh cool and uh, I've been playing Mass Effect 2 today <laughs> because uh, 
you know, our friend Ron hooked us up with some stuff, some cash. Oh, so you re-downloaded it? Uh, no, I had Mass Effect 2 on my computer. Um, I had re-downloaded it when I, I don't remember, maybe. Oh, I think I had to reform my, reformat my computer one day because I did oh, something okay. stupid or something and I put a virus <laughs> on a computer. So I had to re-download Mass Effect 2 <laughs> from that point. So I had to re-download yeah. all the DLC and everything like that because I tried to load my game. And it was like, you can't load oh, this game because there's DLC dependency. So oh, I downloaded annoying. all the DLC and I found out that there was DLC that I never played. Because mm-hmm. what I wanted to do since I got, you know, I got a code for Command & Conquer, the Ultimate Collection, and Mass Effect Trilogy, which is actually only just a code for Mass Effects 1, 2, and 3. is not like a special package. Oh, okay. Just like the Ultimate Edition is not like a special package. It's actually all the games with all the expansions built in. Right. So, like, Command Which I kind is, of would rather have it in some respects. Yeah, I would definitely rather have the individual games than a special in, skew, quote-unquote. Yeah, because then all your old shit works. All your old save files theoretically should work. Yes. Expanses should work. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Exactly. And that's exactly what, um, what was happening with that. Like, Mass Effect 3, I can get the Mass Effect 2 save from my Steam game and import it yeah, Mass Effect yeah, 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually and tried no problem. It. And it said, oh, there's nothing here. And then I went into Mass Effect 2 and found, oh, yeah, I didn't actually save an endgame file because oh. I didn't get a good ending. And I swore, okay, I'm going to go and find out what I need to do in order to get a good ending. The ending oh, okay. that I want. I don't want to reveal anything. Sure. Uh, so that was in February of 2010. And now we're in December of 2012, and I'm <laughs> going to do it. Uh, nice. So I I finished all those quests and now I'm gonna go and do the the last sequence. I'm gonna do it right, and um, then I'm gonna start playing Mass Effect Three sometime. I don't know. Yeah. But the the part that I didn't play that I just got it was like I don't even know if it was DLC that I paid for, if it was DLC that was just free and I never downloaded it. But you get a, a hammerhead like f- hovercraft kind of vehicle, and the missions are basically like remember um in mass in the original wait was it original mass effect i'm pretty sure yeah 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 when you're using a tank uh, not the tank but you know the mako thingy the, yeah the mako and you or at least you, favorite part of that game <laughs> yeah well think about the mako part without all that just driving over like barren land yeah like using it to actually like attack geth forces and stuff like that or race against time I think there was something in, in one like if you go to an ice planet and you have to do, find something before the Mako froze over or something I don't even know if that happened but that happens in this where you, you had to get to these nodes and get to the end of the level before the uh, the engine freezes and you die um, but most of it was like you had to go and like kind of run and gun shoot Geth and then research stuff and it was really fun uh, and you had to you figured out like what happened with the the people who originally owned this vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so I'm at the end of Mass Effect Two. I have not really played much of Assassin's Creed Three uh, because I don't have any freaking time. But how far are you in it again? Uh, for for those for the all two people who are listening, I'm in the beginning of sequence two, and I'm still playing with Hatham. I just did the mission where I had to uh, save the surgeon Benjamin Church, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I've got. Okay, how are you finding it so far? 
I'm finding it sort of weird. Um, I like it. In what sense? But, like, doing that quest... Quest. Doing that, that mission to save Benjamin Church was a little off-putting. Because at the end, where you had to go with... um, What's his face? Whoever the guy is that... Charles Lee? I think it's... Is it Charles Lee? Yes, yes, What What did he sound like? I don't remember. Charles Lee in the beginning is like... Uh, how to describe him? He's like the he's like the the happy puppy dog. He's like really eager to help him, and he has a mustache. Um, I think it, yeah. It was Thomas Hickey guy... is like the drunkard in the bar. Right, right. No, no. Was Who's all like yeah, 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 and like squeezing the barmaid's ass and everything, like mm-hmm. the asshole. He's the guy that like knows how to kill people and stuff or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he's well versed in killing folk. Yeah, it's Charles yeah. Lee. Charles Lee, you had to like hide, tell him to hide in places and. I, there were there was like only one place for him to hide, but then if you were to move too far from him, then you desync. So I kept getting into these situations where there were these two Roman guards, and he would just pop up out of nowhere, and they would find him. And oh. you know, I'm obsessed with secondary objectives. Secondary yeah. objectives don't be detected. So I kept failing the secondary objective, and I had to start over, and then go through the whole conversation about why I do what I do. And then tell him to hide. And then I finally figured, okay, I'm going to kill these guys. I'm going to put him down somewhere, tell him to wait. Then I'm going to see these guys come up. And lo and behold, when I actually came around that time, I was behind them. So I just killed them both. And then I killed the guard that was around the corner. And when I went to the, um, to like these warehouse kind of places, I had to get the key to the warehouse. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out like how I was going to get. Oh, the from the from, from the guards who were standing guard. at the dock? Yeah. and Yeah, that's annoying. One of them, it was just like there was a guard looking in one direction, a guard looking in another direction, and then one at the end of the pier. And if you kill one, it, it just, I mean, they psychically know that you killed him, and they go turn around and, and go toward this guy. And I couldn't, I could not I did... get it done cleanly. I did the whole, I'm going to hang off the pier and dra- and kill him and then drag him into the water. Like, the whole, like, while you're hanging, you can, like, uh, oh, pull, and I'm pantomiming. Yeah, yeah, and they turned around. Uh, if I recall correctly, they turned around, uh, did a little investigation, and then just, like, went away or something. W- one of those typical, like, stealth goofs type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Um, yeah, that didn't really happen with me. Um, oh. <laughs> they, they would just be Whoops. on alert, and I'm like, okay, go away. Uh, you can't. You don't see me. Go away. And <laughs> you don't see away. me. You don't see me. You don't see me. So then I went to another part, and lo and behold, the, the guy was just standing there, and I'm like, okay, pickpocket, and I, <laughs> I left. And then I went and unlocked the door, and that's when you go and you save Benjamin Church. Yeah. But it, it's just weird how you know the secondary objective is harder to do than the primary. The primary. Objective. <laughs> uh, you think so? I, I always found that I always found that the secondary objective or the hundred percent sync objective was always some level of difficult more difficult because like they were challenging you to do something extra that you might, you know, not have been able to do or something you know what I mean? Well, like yeah, that's probably why it feels like it's so much more difficult to do uh than just doing the primary objective saying F the secondary objective. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of times it's it's it was cake in in brotherhood like oh stay on the rooftops yeah i'm pretty good at staying on the rooftops while i'm yeah. doing such and such thing or you know 
it beat beat the guy over to the destination in the foot race. Well, yeah, it may take me two tries, but I can do it. You'll do it. Not yeah. 15, 20, 25 minutes just to not be detected. Right. Uh, but like I said, I'm still in the beginning, so who knows? And I don't think I've been playing anything else. Uh, I might pull a Pete, but I'm pretty sure I won't. <laughs> Wait, what did he do? I forget. Oh, oh. Oh, Pete, uh, pull a Pete as in you forgot what you did and yes. you're going to tell me at the last second. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, well, I mean, do you... I guess you're too early on in it to determine how you feel about the newness of it because right now I think you're still in the point where it's still kind of a familiar game. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you how you felt about, like, the newness of it. Yeah, um, there's nothing new so far. It's just, you know, okay. climbing stuff and looking at viewpoints and staying and blending and, you know, all, all the stuff that you're used to in the other Assassin's Creed games. Uh, you, you've you've had to do eavesdropping missions? Yes. that correct? I had to do one to get to uh, Benjamin Church. Yeah. And I like I like the new eavesdropping. Eavesdropping um, is Because I good. think... Huh? Eavesdropping is pretty good. Yeah, because in the original Assassin's Creed, eavesdropping was just sitting on a bench and then going away. And I don't even remember if there's any significant eavesdropping in any of the two games. But uh, yeah, in this one... Much. I don't, yeah, actually, the, the, I don't really think there was any in the two games. It was just in the first one, right? Yeah, if I, I guess so. Um, and the reason why I like it in this one is because they they the fact that you have to follow them and platform so that they don't see you kind of adds a little tension, a little pressure, and it makes it feel like a, a, it kind of gives it that auto-scrolling level feel that you get in a shmup or like in some Mario levels where it's just like, you still got to do all this stuff that requires skill, but we're pushing you forward. Mm-hmm. And like, you can't, you can't avoid it. So you're basically stuck. Um, so do it. You know, I, 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 I thought that challenge was nice. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I, li- I like that one too. The, um, dropping and then they had the the challenge to well that's what you're talking about the challenge to eavesdrop the moving people the moving group yeah. moving guards I I, yeah. I was like oh I can't wait to do this hopping around <laughs> between the different cover points and like oh yeah these guys going gotta follow gotta follow it was really fun yeah uh, um do you want to discuss any more of Assassin's Creed three I know you finished it um yeah I was gonna talk about the fact that I did finish it um. Fuck moon people, man. Seriously, <laughs> God, the it. So the game itself was fine. Like I thought it was still really good. No, I I should say I thought it was still pretty good. Um, I I found that there were a lot of things that they made me do that I didn't want to do. Um, I felt that um, so people consider where you are right now still part of the tutorial in the sense that there are so many more mechanics to learn mm-hmm. and that the fact that you're tutorializing for over half the game <laughs> which was which was my experience oh gosh is a little much that is much I, I just enjoyed the, the the structure of the previous ones where it's just like we're gonna give it this is gonna be a slow burn it's gonna take maybe three hours but then after that You'll maybe gain a skill or two here and there, but you'll ultimately still know exactly what you need to do to play this game and do all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Like in Brotherhood, um, like by the time you get to the point where you, you know, can buy a house, not a house, buy a buy a a, a bank or a clothing store, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's all you need to know. Um, 
And then, like, by the time you set your assassins out in the world, like, it's very... It's all very simple stuff. Um, it's either very simple stuff or it's stuff that you get in the beginning. So you, you feel like you know how to play it, and so your job for the rest of the game is to play it. And in this one, like, they introduce certain things, you know, a, a good six hours, seven hours in that seems like it's going to be this, you know, this major thing. And they don't explain it very well, and then it kind of ends up not being a major thing. And so it's like you don't know what to think. I don't know. It's It's just really weird. Hmm. And... Uh, Man, what naval game combat. It was a game naval combat where they gave you a tutorial like at the end of the game. I forget what it was. I it was something I played. Naval combat. No good. <laughs> no good. No. I personally didn't. Mm-hmm. It's too slow and clunky for me. Make you do it three times. Too much for me. <laughs> so, but you 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 chatted that you're going to pull a Pete. What is your Pete? Oh, I was going to talk about Jamestown. About what? Jamestown. Oh yes. I played some Jamestown just before the uh, this part of the podcast, and uh, I love that game so much. I was playing on Legendary, and the the first two levels I did on Legendary, and it's it's hard because the enemies take more shots, and I think that they're more like sneaky bullets. But mm-hmm. um, to, I wish that game had online multi so bad, but I understand why it doesn't. That game needs online multi really bad. Um, Why do you think it doesn't? I think it doesn't because of syncing. Um, I think that it probably either they couldn't get it the code to sync so that you can do four players and not have it just be completely broken, right. or um, maybe they just wanted it to be a you know purely like consoleish. <laughs> um, Yawn. Everyone in the same area, kind of, you know, living room situation, living room environment. Just like Nintendo. But, man, I, I would love to play multiplayer on that, like, so on some Giggling type shit. Like, Giggling 2 was a four-player, and... Oh, yeah, that's right. had, like, absolutely no story, but it was so fun to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, J- J- Jamestown has a story. Yes, I was I was reading a story, um, playing it on Legendary. A ridiculous one, huh? A ridiculous one, I think. Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. in a good way. But yeah, it's it's cool. Like uh, it's a great way to reimagine the events that have transpired four hundred years ago. It's 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 like they should they should team up with the Assassin's Creed folks. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Jamestown. Yes, <laughs> on Mars <laughs> with Martians as opposed to with Moon, moon people. people, Mars people. God. Fucking fucking. <laughs> Um, anything else you've been playing? Um, quite a bit, but uh, let's take a short break. Um, before we dive in, before we dive into that. Um, okay. uh, coming up, I know that um, Gabe Newell's been flapping his lips, so I'm interested to see what your thoughts on the Steam Box are after I talk about this other thing. Mm-hmm. So, but let's take a break. Sure. Uh, put in some music, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. We're back, and you may notice that our sound quality is a little different. That's because we're recording this over multiple days. 
Um, and it sounds like Austin's in the toilet. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm using a really shitty um, earbud microphone because I forgot my headset at home. I'm, I'm here at work in the hotel. And uh, I'm, I'm using my work laptop, which is not the best thing in the world. So it sounds like crap. Sorry. And all of a sudden, Al sounds like he has more sinus, sinus problems than he did uh, just, over, just a few seconds ago, as far as you're yeah, concerned. exactly. That this is, this is three days apart, FYI. Um, but yeah, I think I left off t- uh, complaining about the terrible storyline and ending of Assassin's Creed 3. <coughs> Excuse me. Fucking moon people. And of course, I didn't say anything about the ending, and I hope I don't slip up, but it's stupid. Um, uh, but in terms of what else I've been playing, I, uh, I'm almost at 100% on Super Mario 3D Land. Now, 100% is much more than just beating the game from A to Z. Um, there is another thing that happens after you beat the game the first time that I'm not going to talk about because it's a nice kind of expansion. Um, it's not a huge spoiler, but just, you know, it's more fun to find out for yourself. Um, and then even after you beat, if you, even after you thought you've beaten every stage in the game, there is still kind of some extra feats that you can accomplish in order to truly beat the game. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to doing that. I think I'm, um... I would say I'm 95% there, um, maybe even more so. And if I look at my activity log, which I just rediscovered a few weeks ago and was like ecstatic that I found a place to, to, to actually see how many hours I spent on each game. Um, Wait, you just found that? No, I just rediscovered that. Oh, oh, okay. I knew it was there, but I forgot that it existed until I was just like, I wonder how many hours I've spent on XYZ. And I was like, oh, shit, wait, isn't there that log? Um, yep. I, I wish that, and I don't know if the Wii updated to do this, but I wish that it showed it like this. I don't wish that Xbox 360 and PS3s did the same thing. Um, yeah, uh, the Wii doesn't organize like that. It just shows you per day, like how long you yeah. played whatever game. You that's just have annoying. To cycle through the calendar if you really wanted to get a tally, and that's annoying. Yeah. Uh, Super Mario 3D Land, playtime 25 hours and 21 minutes. Times played 26 for an average playtime of 58 minutes per. Um,. Mm. You want to take any wild guess as to what my number one ranked game is in terms uh, of hours played? Uh, let's see. Here's a hint. I, I can never get the name of the game right when I try to say it. Shimangmi Tensei? Yeah. <laughs> 102 hours and 31 minutes. Oof. Times played 87 times. One hour, 10 minutes average. Uh, any guess for the second place? Um, Dragon Quest something. No, I don't know if you played it. Um, he, see, here's the problem is that it's only going to register stuff... Um, from my, from my DSi, no, not even. It's only going to register no. stuff from, from the moment that I started playing games on my 3DS. Yeah, I didn't know if you played it yeah. on, uh, the 3DS or not. Yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't play Dragon Quest Monsters on, that was actually way back on my DS Lite when I was reviewing it for GameSpot. Ah, okay. Our, uh, Super Mario 3D Land. Yeah, cl- close, that's in third place. Second place is Ghost Recon Shadow Wars with half, half an hour. Oh, wow. That game that 30 I hours. played in, like, such a long time. Let me give a comparison. Uh, let's see. Software library. Chrono Trigger came in at 24 hours, and I, I 100%ed Chrono Trigger in 24 hours. Um, wow. Well, really? not, all, not all the endings, but everything else. Like, you know, oh, all the, the weapons, all the, game. Extra, all, all the extra content, and all that stuff was 24 hours, but I didn't go back and say, okay, let me get this ending. Wow, um, that's crazy. Theater Rhythm was 22 hours. Pushmo was almost 22 hours. Super Street Fighter 4 was 18 hours. Ghost Trick was 17 hours. Kid Icarus was 15 and a half. 
Um, and Ocarina of Time, that doesn't count because I haven't finished it yet. But it's at 12 and a half hours. And then, and then, <clears throat> and go, then. Fig- go figure, but I wasted 12 hours on Ridge Racer 3D. Oh, wow. That's me and Stupid Ridge Racer. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Mario 3D Land, while you're looking for your activity library, Mario 3D Land, I I'm think, there. is a, a really solid title overall. Um, the first half of it, I would say, is okay. Um, it's not that it's bad necessarily. It's just that it's one of those things where you're like, this is cute, but, <laughs> but, you know, Mario Galaxy exists. Oh, okay. It's, it's like, but, but it's portable. It's, it's portable. Yes. So, 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 so here's where I put it. It's, 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 it's so uh, in my description to you, um, I don't know if I talked about this on the last, po- on the last podcast, but my description to you over Gchat was, it's more like Super Mario Brothers with three planes of movement right, and, a, right. and a Z-axis as, as opposed to it being like a portable Mario 64 or Mario Galaxy. The focus is not on replaying the same stage in different ways in order to abstain. Uh, abstain wow. In order to <laughs> obtain stars. Mm-hmm. It's literally about here's a level, beat it. Here's another level, beat it. Here's another level, beat it. Get coins, get extra lives, all that stuff. You get a fire flower suit, you get a raccoon suit, a uh, tanuki suit, sorry. Uh, you even get a boomerang flower. Um, but, you know, the emphasis is largely less on figuring out how do I, you know, how do I get the star? And more on just, dude, how do platform. I get across? Right. Which it's, I, it's, I it's, would like a lot more than yeah. um, the star thing. The star thing is rough because it's like you got to do all these acrobatic things and some of it is really, really taxing. Especially acrobatic. Like ice levels. Well, would you say acrobatic in the sense that it's kind of like, all right, I, I got to figure out this complex like little environmental puzzle of like jumping here and then back flipping there and then like doing a spin punch here as it, because like I think to me all Mario games are acrobatic in some sense yeah. where like you have to do a lot of, of of leaps of faith and that type of stuff right but the the thing that kind of turned me off from Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine was exactly what you said it's like okay in order to get this star or shine sprite right you've got to go and like do a, a backflip here and then do a, a jump off of some enemy here while floating and then doing a 250 degree turn and <laughs> a dash not a dash a, a diving move onto this yeah. narrow platform and if you miss a narrow platform you gotta go all the way back to the beginning and do it all over again oh, oh did i fail to mention that that narrow platform is made of ice so you can slip right off yeah and i, th- I think <clears throat> mario galaxy does that does that a little better but it's still less about just getting from point A to point Z and more about figuring out what do I do here. Yeah, I think um, that Mario Galaxy is more of a puzzly type of thing. It's like, oh, well, you got to do this and make this happen. And you well, get it's, this. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I only played it for like an hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the it, it adopts the new paradigm of platforming, which is what, you know, its predecessor pioneered, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's that paradigm of it's not just about jumping anymore. It's about like exploring and figuring out while you're jumping and stuff. And in Mario 3D Land, is largely light on the like oh this is not so obvious you're gonna have to figure out how to do it and it's more just about like yo coins go Mm. um now there there are big coins to collect like three coins every stage that are big coins which i believe is the same case in like the new super mario brothers games yep so i i guess i I guess the 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 most accurate comparison is it's new super mario brothers but in 
in three dimensions, right, with a z-axis. Um, and that's why the first half of the game is kind of meh, because it's like, and partially, this is partially my own, my own thing with the New Super Mario Brothers series, but, you know, the fact that they're whoring out New Super Mario Brothers and then New Super Mario Brothers Wii and then New Super Mario Brothers 2 and then, um, New Super Mario Brothers U and in between that they've got Super Mario 3D Land, which the only real difference is that they're putting it in three dimensions and as a result, it makes it slightly harder to play. Hmm. So it's like the first, you know, I, I hope I'm not sounding too fanboyish here when I say that there's never really a bad Mario game in that vein. Like, when, when you leave them to their 2D devices, they know how to design the shit out of a 2D Mario level. It's just that they've been doing it so much. I, I completely that... agree. I don't think that that's... Well, I, I don't know. I guess maybe, in my opinion, I think that any person who plays video games would agree on that. Right. And, and and it just becomes, you know, great. Well, now it's in 3D, but like I said, it's a little harder to play um, at first. I think the learning curve is a lot higher. Um, mm. And then the second half of the game gets interesting. They throw all these weird challenges at you. Um, there are some stages where it's it's not really a time attack. It's, they give you 30 seconds to beat it. And along the way, there are little clocks that you have to pick up. Oh, okay, to extend the time. Right. And so it's like either rush. Right, right. I guess I I haven't really played Coin Rush, but like if you like in some of the stages the clocks are just there. In other stages you have to kill enemies to get the clock. And so now you're spending time like actually making sure that you make that jump on the Goomba so that you get the clock. And that becomes nice and challenging. There's also like chase levels where like the the the, the Shadow Mario is chasing you. Mm. Um by the time you get to that point, you do get accustomed to the way that the game plays, and you almost get the same exact level of fidelity that you do with the 2D Marios, because it's designed really well. It's just a matter of learning how to get that dexterous in a 3D space. And, it, it, you know, I, and what, what I realize is that the first, uh, the, the early part of the game kind of feels designed to get you ready for that. Mm-hmm. To get you ready, to to get you acclimated to, dude, this is going to be rough going on. You're going to want to, like, make all these crazy jumps, like, ap- across chasms and, like, moving platforms and shit. And, you know, the first part's going to be easygoing, and you might hate us for it, but trust me, it's going to be worth it in the end. The other thing is that um, because it's fairly easy uh, early on, you get a lot of one-ups. And oh. you kind of you well, kind of need those one-ups to last through the latter part of the game, well, or good. to at least... Yeah, or at least to remember that, hey, in this stage early on, I found a place to one-up farm. So if I ever need one-ups, I know I, I should go back here and do it. See, um, for, there's a difference in that, between that and like, um, New Super Mario Brothers, at least New Super Mario Brothers 2. Mm-hmm. I have like 300 something lives, but I don't die. I mean, I, oh. I was dying, <laughs> I was dying before because of the 3DS, uh, digipad, but mm. now, like, I'm, I just kick that game's behind. Um, so, man, that's that's gonna be cool. Like, you get lives, and you gonna need them lives. Well, I I needed them because maybe I suck, but like I I I I really did feel that um this was more challenging than um the new the new Super Mario Brothers. And again, partially it's because it's in 3D, and part of that is okay. 3D is inherently a little bit tougher, even with these greatly designed controls, it's going to be tougher. And the other thing is that they play with it a little bit. Like, they play with, they, they, they do certain tricks that aren't possible on 2D. Um, and when I say 3D, I don't mean, like, the stereoscopic 3D. I mean, literally, you know, exploring in, in a Z-axis Going space. into the right. um, Now, the 3D, the stereoscopic 3D actually does 
help a little bit with depth perception, obviously, but it also, like, the, every so often they'll play a 3D trick on you using that. Ooh, um, I haven't seen 3D but, tricks in a while. Yeah, the problem with that is that it doesn't happen nearly enough. Aww. And I feel but like wait. they could have done some really cool tricks with that throughout, and they just don't. But wait, if they did it too much, do you think it would be, like, gimmicky? Like, oh, if they go to the 3D part again. No, no, because... So, uh, so one example of the 3D part, which uh, you could probably see any on YouTube videos anywhere, is um, there's uh, sometimes you'll get a room with a whole bunch of blocks, and you'll it's like a hidden room. Um, and I guess they could do this trick there because it's a hidden room, not a mandatory room. So like you won't get frustrated, like why can't I see this? Mm-hmm. But it's a hidden room with a big coin, and it's like it, it's a bunch of blocks arranged in a pyramid, kind of like Cubert. And the big coin is floating up above one of the blocks. Because of the fact that it's in 3D, it looks just like a cubic pyramid, but the block over which the Bitcoin is hovering is actually separated from the stack. Oh, so you got to be able to jump to it. Right, and you can't really readily perceive that unless A, you look at the shadows in the room, or B, you turn on the 3D and your depth perception shows, hey, this block is actually sticking out. Mm-hmm. Like, you actually have to jump out at it. And I thought that was really cool. And again, if you try to incorporate that into the normal, like, normal critical path of the level, then I think people will get a little bit mad. But if you hid more secrets using that technique, then I think that's what makes it cool, because it's not getting in your way of the normal game, but it's also rewarding you for saying, hey, wait a second, there's this neat little trick that they played, let me see if they're playing it here, too. Um, and they, I just feel like they're not doing it enough. <laughs> um that's just one example. I'm trying to think if there are any other things that they could... Oh, like, there. sometimes you'll see a one-up mushroom sitting in the distance, and you'll find out that when you come up close to it, it's just a cardboard cutout of a mushroom, and that was pretty cool. Um, and I, and they do that quite frequently, but they kind of rely on that as opposed to the other trick, and it's like, it, like the other one to me is more clever. This one's more like, ha, psych! Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I was really impressed that at, at, some, at, at a certain point I was able to become dexterous enough in 3D as I am with other Mario games. And, and, and this is coming from someone who's not very good at Mario games. That's me. Um, so that's a, I think that's a testament to the way that Nintendo has always been able to um, code the game's look and feel. To, uh, I should say the, the game's feel to be good. Um, and I, I just feel like something that's similar in most recent Nintendo games is that they had an idea and they should run with it more. Um, but let's see. That was Mario 3D Land. Um, I have also been playing Lost Odyssey on the 360. Okay. Um, cannot remember whether or not you have or have played that. No, I don't even have it. Okay. It is... Um, okay, so the dismissive version of it, which I have to say just because it's it's fun to be snarky, is it's a JRPG. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Actually, I should say it's a Final Fantasy-esque JRPG, plain and simple. Like, you know what you're getting. There are no surprises here. That's a, it is what it is. This is this is my verdict, though, only about nine hours in. Um, if there are any surprises, so be it. Um, I'm betting that whatever surprises there are, they're similar to all the surprises that I've seen in other Final Fantasy games. Hmm. And, 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 you know, there's there's no surprise there. It's a Sakaguchi joint. No. Oh, um, <laughs> Sakaguchi joint. Yeah, and 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 I'm actually I'm not upset by that because it's been a while since I've played a new Final Fantasy game. Yes, I did beat Final Fantasy VII recently, but that's not new. But that's not new, especially because I did get through eighty five percent of that game before I decided to replay it. You know, so it's not like it was completely new to me. Um, but it's it, it's it's like Chrono Trigger in the fact that like it's not Final Fantasy, but it is like you, like Chrono Trigger to me is Final Fantasy. Really? With like with yeah, real, uh, to, like not real time. Uh, 
that that kind of on screen the battle system I, is integrated into the map. Yeah, even with that, because to me that's so. The way I see it is is the same way that I call Max Payne and Gears of War first person shooters, which is misleading because the first person shooter tag is meant to denote how you see the player. But right. for me, first person shooting has ended up becoming how I play the game, and because. I play. I can play Gears of War or Max Payne with a mouse and keyboard and have free look and strafe. It, it feels like a first-person shooter to me. That's the type of angle I'm looking. That at. I'm not trying to bend. Sense. Yeah, I'm not trying to bend the genre definition. Like they aren't first-person shooters, but to me they are. Right. It's and by that token, right, right, exactly. And by that token, Chrono Trigger is Final Fantasy to me. I understand. Um, which, yeah, which is to say that um, there are still slight differences between you know a Dragon Quest. And a Final Fantasy game. I can't really put my finger on it, but th- there's just a different feel mechanically to how you know the game operates. And I'm not even talking about active time battle because you know that that was you know that that's still like th- then you're discounting two, three, uh, and ten mm-hmm. as Final Fantasy. Here's an example: Final Fantasy twelve wouldn't be Final Fantasy to me in terms of the feel. Yeah, not in terms of whether or not it's because a... eleven. Sorry, go ahead. You would you would say eleven is not. Final Fantasy, quote unquote, to you because right. it's an MMO and it doesn't play like a Final Fantasy whatsoever. Right. And twelve builds on the style of eleven, but makes it more of a not an MMO, but an like act- a, active, just a single player yeah. kind of online ish yeah. open world. And, and and but it's still RPG, right? Like it's there's still turns in right. It. And I have to stress again, I am not like to 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 all three people out there who's listening, be like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I don't mean, <laughs> I don't literally mean that Chrono Trigger is Final Fantasy and Lost Odyssey is Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy Twelve is not Final Fantasy. I just mean in terms of like, if you were to ask me to describe a game in a very reductive fashion to get the idea across as quickly as possible, Chrono Trigger is a Final Fantasy with a combo system. Lost Odyssey is Final mm-hmm. Fantasy with a new system and and that's what it is to me where and that's a good thing for me because i like final fantasy where you know it's a turn-based battle um it resembles the older final fantasies you queue up your turns and you go um but it actually mixes in a bit of final fantasy 4 where just because you cast a spell you you just because you click the command to cast a spell doesn't mean that it's going to come out immediately oh okay. and that's been some there's some mum 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 in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's fire. Yeah, um, and the way they handle that is every spell has a turn value associated with it, and I don't know if this value changes based on your stats, but if something has a one next to it, that means it it's going to be cast in that same round. Oh, okay. It'll have an alphabet letter tied to it as well. And how high up in the alphabet that letter is determines when that spell will be cast in that given round. So if everybody uses an item and uses the regular fight command and you cast a spell that is 1F, that spell will probably be cast last because everyone will have gone because they have quicker attacks. Um, mm. What? But if, like, if you have a spell that's a 1F and the enemy's casting a spell that's a 1G, they'll cast it after you. Now, how they determine ties, I'm not really sure. And, again, I don't know if it's based on stats or anything, but I think it, what, what's cool about it is that it really, it really gives you a similar feel to Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy Tactics, where you know what... You know how things are... You, you, well... Not exactly, but you have a very good idea of how things are going to play out, and so you can you can employ your tactics accordingly. Um, 
Now, there's a little bit of experimentation with like understanding how fast an enemy attacks. And so like the first time you encounter an enemy, you're not going to know what to expect. But that, that's kind of par for the course. Um, mm. Let's see. The uh, the fact that I can use Japanese voice, I, I, oh, I, I like it a lot. That's always a plus. I, I, and, and there's subtitles I don't mind reading. Um, the the visuals are visuals are fairly good, but you know I can't remember whether or not it uses the Unreal Engine, but it, it, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it does because it has that really terrible texture popping sometimes, and it's kind of jarring to Ooh. see in this day and age. It's not the game's fault because it came out at a time where the Unreal Engine was shit, but like just you know we've been used to it getting better and better, or other engines coming out and being better, and just it was just kind of like it reminded me that hey this game is actually kind of old. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna well, I'm trying to see if uh it is built on that uh damn yeah Unreal Engine three it's on four dual yep. layer DVDs yep jeez oh, <clears throat> and it says it was the first RPG developed using the Unreal Engine three point a decision that allowed development before the 360 was even released, but the Japanese development team had trouble keeping up with the engine's regular updates and had trouble reading oh, the requisite manuals. This caused oh, technical man. setbacks and long loading times. Loading times so far haven't been egregious. Uh, I, I know that there was this whole thing where the review copies that went out had terrible loading times and then they had to amend the reviews. Um, I don't know how much better mm. the loading times were than the review copies, but to me, like, they're... Uh, and, and and to be a little snarky, I lower my expectations for consoles because that's what you do. But they still aren't that bad. Um, that you know, Assassin's Creed load times were no walk in the park either. So I guess that's why I'm you know I'm used to it still. Um, never mind the fact mm. that Assassin's Creed on my PC on an SSD loads up before the lady can stop talking. But um, the loading times aren't that bad. Um, <clears throat> The the gameplay system here so far, and I'm sure it'll expand later, but it's 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 a it's a skill linking system, and it's kind of interesting how they let it play out because you have mortals and immortals in the game, and they actually are very two distinct different ways for them to learn skills. Um, an immortal will generally have, I think this will, I I think this is right. They generally learn skills like the kind of level up way, or they have them at the outset. Like I have one mortal who is I have one mortal, two immortals right now. The mortal is like a uh, is like a okay. spellcaster, and uh, he I think he came with the ability to cast level one black and white magic, and then I think eventually he learned how to cast level two. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure if he learned it or if I had to equip an item. I think he learned it by himself. Um, and when you when you equip an item, he gets this bonus from the item but i don't okay now i remember you can't you can't ever learn the bonus from an item you either have it equipped or you don't otherwise all the skills that you learned are learned are learned organically like in final fantasy 4 you reach level 37 ridia learns float i i'm sorry rosa learns float okay now the immortals they can only learn skills through either equipping items or linking or or i should say and or because they can do both at the same time and linking their skills to what your mortals have. So because my mage can do, my mortal mage can do level one black and white magic, level two magic, and and he equipped an item that had steel on it. My immortal could learn all of those skills by linking to them by linking to them in like some menu screen. It's a lot of menus. Have fun with that. Um, oh gosh. Well, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. RPGs are basically menus yeah, all yeah, over the place right. anyway. Um, which is what I, I hate when I think about. Like, you know how you say Diablo is just click yeah. and click, 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 click? 
Are most many, JRPGs many, 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 are many, just many, sorting yeah. through menus all day. <laughs> like, oh, that's so um, But yeah, so it's two different systems for learning skills, and I, I feel like it just... Um, I feel like there's some story justification for that. They haven't explicitly spelled it out, but, like, I can understand that. Like, dude, the, the fucking guy's immortal, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, it it, it makes it kind of makes sense that, like, a regular old dude will learn stuff as he goes along. And an immortal, if he just learned stuff as he went along, the guy's a thousand years old. He should be a god. And But but obviously he's not. <laughs> like, so the way he learns his skills is by, you know, absorbing them from the people around him. Um and and that actually also plays into battle where if an immortal is knocked out but your surviving pe- party members live long enough he'll get he'll back up he'll get back up on his feet after a few rounds um Oh, yeah, because yeah, he's immortal. So, so again, they 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 do a nice job of not making it ridiculous. Like, like, oh, it's a Superman game. Well, he can kind of do everything. So, how do you really handle that? Well, in this one, they handle it well. Um, mm-hmm. But so the skill the skill system is kind of interesting. Um, and I think it's so far it's it's been worthwhile to jump in and play. Not like Blue Dragon, not at all like Blue Dragon. Which I still haven't. I played. I feel <laughs> like if you can trade that straight up for Lost Odyssey, do it. Um, the one thing I want to talk about before I move off of that is the novellas. And I don't know if you've heard too much about that, but the idea is that your main character, Kaim, is right, he's immortal, but he's lost his memory. Ooh, that's that's new for JRPGs. Okay. But he he's lost his memory and like mm. throughout the game he will start to remember certain things from his past and the way that the memories manifest themselves is when he is going through an event in the game that reminds him of that previous event. And then it'll shift to a new mode, and a whole shitload of text will appear on the screen. You have to read it. The way they handle it, you know, for what it is, is really nice. It's, like, it's pages of text that come up slowly. It's not just a big blurt. Like, they, they compose music for the text, so it's kind of like you're, you're reading it to music, and it's, it's, it, 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 it creates this nice kind of ambiance. So you're not just like, I'm reading, meh. Um, and the way that <laughs> words fly in onto the screen is kind of creative. Sometimes they'll like let words flutter in if it's like at a more, you know, a, a lighter part of the story. And if it's dark, it'll just kind of, you know, if it's a dark part of the story, like a, a more depressing part, they'll just kind of appear normally. I never really saw that after the first two stories because I was just like mashing on the B button. I'm like, just go, 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 go. Um, <laughs> now, like I said, for what it is, it, they've done a very nice job. But the fact remains that it's a whole bunch of text that you have to read. And I don't know how I feel about that, like, because I'm okay with reading dialogue, but when you throw potentially five to ten, well, not to, it's never as bad as ten minutes, but when you throw about five to six minutes of straight text at me, mm. and... Yeah, that's kind of like... And I'm forced, I'm forced into reading it, kind of. It's a little bit troublesome. Now, I say kind of because you could technically skip it. But then you're kind of missing the character development because this is this is him remembering stuff about himself and things that he's been through. But why couldn't they make it like it's sort of interactive? Yeah, maybe especially since it's Sakaguchi. Why couldn't it be? Yeah, an and then you know make you sit down and watch something for five ten minutes yeah. like Zeno Saga as opposed to read yeah. text for I mean, five ten minutes. Like in, in, in all, actually, to, to be frank, I'd actually rather have the novella than the FMV because for for the reason that I read fast enough that I can control the pace of my reading this thing. It's just that I'm controlling the pace of my reading this thing four or five minutes, and that's a lot. 
Um, and like mm. FMVs, and, and FMVs, you know, by and large are current story, including the past and the present. And so like, so you, you kind of can't skip them. Um, oh, okay. Whereas like with the reading, they're all in his past and you can actually go back later and read them at your leisure. And that's fine. That's cool. And that's why I'm not totally negative on it because they give you that option to be like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to read this later. But I, I just kind of feel like if it's something that's going to build the current character, I, I, I would have liked to see it kind of in the moment that it's happening. Like you said, a little interactive scene or something like that. I kind of feel like text should be relegated to something like a codex, like in Mass Effect. Yeah, and then you can read it. Yeah. Where it's uh, more, well, I, I, I should say where it's more about backstory than it is about, yo, yo, this is what's happening right now, and this is what you're learning about Shepard right now. No, you, you learn about Shepard as he does, you know, and so all that's handled in-game. The codex is handled in text. The codex is all history and, you know, lore and all that stuff. And so in this game, I, you know, it would have been nice for the novella part to, to either be less reedy or focus more on the lore as you uncovered more of the world, not about Kaim himself. And this is a really, really nitpicky distinction that is not really a big deal, but, like, it's just kind of jarring when you're like, okay, I'm whoa, book. Okay, book part's over. Okay, but, whoa, another book. Um... Like I said, I don't know quite how to feel about it. Like, there's some eh, to it, but I also think that it's 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 at least daring to be a little different, you know, which doesn't always pan out, but, you know, at least it decided to do so. Um, I think you'll like it, though. True. You know, be, being a person like me who's liked Final Fantasy in the past and, uh, you know, never kind of begrudging that genre as as I feel like a lot of people kind of have these days, um, I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Parasite Eve. Played that a little bit, um, like about an hour. Uh, it it just makes me want to jump into Vagrant Story because I you, I I sampled that in a video on the site where I compared what PSN games look on look like on the Vita versus the PSP 3000, and like I, I I tasted like a few minutes of Vagrant Story, and I'm like, should I bother <laughs> playing Parasite Eve? And I'm like, no, I should I should because it's it, it still is kind of interesting. It's just weird. Um, I find it funny that you said you tasted it. Was like, it. It, it was just a little taste. It was like a, like a, like like a, a little taste. Dip, you dip, dip your finger in it. You just, mm, yeah, I like it. Um. What else have I been doing? Um, I got a new phone. Um, I got a Galaxy Nexus. I told you about that. And mm-hmm. I did that because I wanted to get Google updates quicker. Um, I got kind of tired of waiting for the Motorola machine to churn. Um, yeah, apparently it's been very slow since Google bought them. Yeah. It's just kind of yeah. weird because, you know. Because Google owns them. And everybody's still- yeah, and everybody's like, "Well, when is yeah. Motorola coming out with a, yeah. a Nexus?" The phone? problem is, and, and I understand, it's like, it's like asking Microsoft to change overnight. Microsoft is a gigantic company, and I don't know how big Motorola is, but Motorola isn't tiny. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, anytime you get a big corporation like that, it's going to be slow moving, and you know, in order to change that corporate culture, like they already instilled new people, but you know, they've they've got their legacy to support. And when I say legacy, I don't mean like their mythos. I mean their legacy device, like all this shit that they have to support and push out updates for and like figure out what are we going to do and what are we going to leave behind because they can't do everything. And people are like, oh, you left my yeah. device behind in the dust. It's like, well, what do you fucking expect? Like you can't have everything. Um, but I'm, I'm just like, you know, if I'm, in the ne- if I'm in the Nexus ecosystem, then at the very least, you know, my phone will be up to date almost instantaneously. Now, granted, Verizon likes to step in the way of that, and I'll never get away from that as long as I'm a Verizon, but, you know, there it is. Um, and yeah. it's, it's like, Do it's super, super, super fast. Like, just operationally, it, 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 it flies. And I felt like, um, and, and that may be a function of, of, of Jelly Bean over Ice Cream Sandwich, but 
again, Motorola wasn't giving me a Jelly Bean official. Uh, the Jelly Bean that I got on it yeah. was a custom ROM whose camera didn't work. So I'd rather have a device that you know is going to work with Google's updates than, you know, having to, you know, hack a custom ROM that might or might not work. Um, and to boot for a phone series that isn't officially supported by custom modders because the bootloader's not unlocked. Like, yeah, again, it's basically, basically to get, like, the latest stuff on the, on, on Motorola phones, you have to hack a hack. And that's, like... Oh god. Because because when you when you talk about something like a custom ROM like a Cyanogen mod, that's kind of a hack, right? That that's taking that's taking Google's official OS and then like and modifying it so that it runs on a phone. Now, it it's done by a yeah. a, a team on a on a phone that doesn't necessarily have access right. to it. Now, it's done by a great team of people and a, a great community that like does it really well. Um it's just not an official like Google thing, but that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And to get to get that yep. onto a my, Motorola phone or at least my Motorola phone, you had to you had to basically get find a developer or or hope that a developer took that custom ROM of Jelly Bean and hack it so that it works on a phone with a locked bootloader. So that's why I mean it's a hack of yeah. a hack. And you can never be sure that everything is going to work mm. fine and, like, there are difficulties in getting everything to work. Like I said, the camera. So, like, I was just like, enough of that. I, you know, there's only so much Inception-level hacking that I can tolerate. Like, I'm, I'm okay at one level. To be at two levels for the rest of my life, no thank you. Um, <laughs> but conveniently, my Zoom died. Conveniently. And I say that somewhat snarkily but somewhat seriously because my phone my, my old bionic my motorola phone didn't sell on ebay and although i could repost it i was like well, you know what instead of spending instead of spending like 200 dollars on a new mp3 player because that's what they that's at minimum what it would cost for something with a lot of storage why don't i just right, get right. another 64 gig flash card which actually is 50 dollars from amazon by the way um well it was when i bought it i don't know if that was just like a one-day deal and you know, 64 gig is the lowest that I'd go for a media player because, like, all my actually, 64 gig isn't enough to 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 have my whole music collection. Yeah, I mean, my music collection is shoot. I think my music collection fit on my 80 gig, so it's yeah. got to be less than 80. But gigs. it's enough to hold 95% of the stuff that I care about. I should say it's enough to hold 100% of the stuff that I care about, which ends up being 90 to 95% of my collection. Like some of the some of the shit's like shit here, random shit that I that's like kind of fun to have, but I don't really need. Um, so I bought that, and the phone would have sold for 150, 200. So like it's kind of a wash price wise. And so then I went back and I installed the hack of a hack on it to have the fastest operating <laughs> system possible on that phone because I don't need the camera. It's just gonna be my MP3 player and like a movie player and maybe maybe a Google Play game player. And that's it. Mm. And the reason why I went through all that trouble is because, A, the Galaxy, the, the Nexus lines don't believe in SD cards. And that's the one thing I hate about it. Because the one thing I like about Google devices is that, like, you have so many options and you can do things with it and whatever. And I hate that Apple's like, no, you can't put an SD card in my phone. Because I said you can't. But then Nexus is doing the same thing. So, like, the, you know what I mean? Like, that, that kind of, it's, it's kind of like if if PC makers all of a sudden said that you couldn't like install a new graphics card without like going through some process first or something it's just here's an open platform that is now suddenly one step less open than you're used to it being and that's annoying mm. and and it's one of the key reasons why i don't go for apple devices because you can't put an sd card but see i i wonder what what they're like why because they think they're apple like that's is the snarky it's... version of it but to to hear yeah. what uh i i can't remember if it was um 
I can't remember if it will. It, it's Sergey Brin and Andy Page, right? I can't remember if it was Page who said it or Eric Schmidt or somebody else, but they were like, we don't want there to be customer confusion with where do my pictures go? Where does my, where does my music go? So we just want to provide you a storage solution that's right there for you. And that is 100%. That, that's, that's the Apple way. We want to make this yeah. for you. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but there's a reason why people choose Apple, and there's a reason why people choose Google. And there's a reason why people choose. And the reason yeah, I choose. And I would think. Right. That, right. The, the reason why I choose Google well, is because they don't think for me. They let they they give me right. the options and they tell me that they're there, but they let me make the decision. And by taking away that SD card, they're taking away that decision from me, and I don't like that. Um, but but the the one thing about that is that like the the whole intent of having a separate media player is that I continue to want to separate my communication device from my entertainment device because the last thing I want to do is spend all my battery life playing my music, movies, and games, and then realize shit, I'm lost. I need to mm-hmm. load up Google Maps and find my way around here, or I need to call somebody. Guess what? The battery's dead. You know. So so that's okay. As long as I have a separate media player, and now that this Bionic can kind of serve as like a an Android game player, it's kind of okay. Um, and that's it's weird for me to think about that like that. That you're using a phone and you just put an airplane. Yeah. And now it's yeah. Not I a took phone out the anymore. 4G LTE card and it's it's not you know pinging anymore. It's really weird. But the, the, I guess the reason why I even thought to do that is because if you take a look at what the iPod Touch was, it's literally an iPod without the radios. An iPhone. Uh, I, I'm sorry. It's an iPhone without the radios. You're right. And, yeah. you know, lo and behold, Samsung did the same thing <laughs> and with the oh, Galaxy yeah, the, Player, Galaxy and it's player. a Galaxy 2 or 3 without the radios. And it's like, oh, well, this... I think it's a 2. Oh, is it a 2? Yeah, because um, yeah, they, unless they upgraded it, and now yeah. it's a 3. Um. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting experience, and but I think this will sustain me for the next couple of years. You know, I I I miss having the physical clicky buttons though. I really do. Mm. But you know, it, it's it's the next best thing other than getting an iPod. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into the iTunes ecosystem. I'm just not. Yeah, no, you know, Evelyn did that, uh, and now I'm like, okay, well, you know, she wanted an iPod, and now I gotta show her how to do, put her music onto, like, she gets, it's such a convoluted thing, she uses my Zoom Pass subscription to get the 10 free yeah. songs, and then has a transfer from my computer to her laptop, and then yeah. import it in iTunes. And it's, it's one of those things that it's doable, but there's a better alternative out there, um, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you got a new toy. Yes, I did. Um, where is it? Where is it? Uh, where, where is it? it? Where, uh, is uh, it? where is it? Where, where is, is it? Where is it? I'm turning it off. Level mm-hmm. four or something. I think it was four. All right. Um, Are you turning it on so we can hear the boot noise? <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I have to. I bet, yeah, I have to start a game. You know, because it's all silent. I, b- I bet I bet I know what it's going to be, but I want to hear it first. Of course you know what it's going to be. Turn up the volume. Not all the way. Let's see. We'll just play this. Load very quickly. From SD card, right? Or built in. Yeah. Well, internal. It sounds somewhat different. Um, well, it's coming out of these little oh, speakers. Oh, maybe that's why. This game is a work of fiction. <laughs> <laughs> what game is it? <laughs> Well, that oh, was okay. perfect. Gee. Uh, oh no! You know what? They, well, they yeah. had to do that because they, you know, they they based it on world heroes. Oh, they based yeah, it on yeah, like Rasputin and like uh, Jean Jean Doc. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. So, um, 
I got a Neo Geo X Gold limited edition. Uh, came today, and I <laughs> oh gosh, I turned it on when I first got it, and um just wanted to check it out, you know, see how it looked, see how it felt. Um, it feels good. It's very wide. It's wider, marginally wider than the 3DS XL. Okay. Um, it's got a nice big screen, and the buttons feel great. The pad is clicky, like Neo um, Geo Pocket. The Neo Geo. I like that clicky pad. I do. Pocket color. Yes, and uh, it's got strangely, it's got two L and two R buttons along with the four face buttons. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> and I, I don't. I guess if you wanted to map them, say, oh, because it's kind of weird playing. You, you're accustomed to all the Neo Geo buttons being out in a line, but now they're shaped like a Super Nintendo. Yeah. So um, wait, but do they 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 let you customize weird. your mappings too? Like at the OS level? I, I don't know. Uh, I tried to figure it out. Uh, obviously, not obviously. Strangely. There's no manual for eh. it. What, dude, I have no idea how to count. I'm trying to do something, and I have no fucking idea how to count. So weird. Um, I'm trying to add points. Let's see, Bioware, <clears throat> side note, Bioware does this thing with um, the DLC and whatnot. I'm buying DLC for Mass Effect 2 so I can kind of hit level 30 before yeah. I finish the game. And... Um, they do their point thing based on like Microsoft point thing where, you know, 400 points is $5, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 80 points is a dollar. So you can buy <clears throat> points, 400, 560, 800, and 1600. They have the 560 because they're a lot of their DLC is 560. Right. Um, so I'm, I calculated how much I needed. I needed 2,480 points to get all the DLC I wanted. And then, of course, my mind looks at the dollars, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll spend $25. <laughs> oh, no. And now, and now I spent, um, I spent 27 and I have 2160 and I'm like, still not what I need. <laughs> so now I gotta go, <laughs> so now I gotta go and spend another $5, another 400 points, and then I'll have all the points I need, and I'll have some leftovers. Um, it's like $2, I guess, 160 Um, so anyway. The um first time I booted it up, I played Fatal Fury. Lord knows how many years it's been since I played Fatal Fury. Oh boy, the original and plane switching one. Yes, the original King of Fighters, Fatal Fury. Um, I got beat by Duck King, oh, the Jesus. first guy I fought, I chose, and I was like, oh my gosh, I suck so bad at this. And um, well, well, I turned it off. <laughs> Right and away, then, uh, went to sleep. like fuck! I got my and ass kicked. All right, like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta learn this all over because I was trying to like kick, and Duck King was like flying all over the place, like beating the crap out of me, and I was like, how do you do this special moves? I, I, I was playing with Terry. I usually play oh. with Andy because Andy plays more like uh, Shotokan, you know, like a Ryuk, and yeah, Shotokan. And um, so anyhow, I this the, the thing came like while I was trying to sleep, and I, I needed to sleep all day because. I'm not feeling too well, as you can hear. Really? Yeah. And so, like, I, the UPS person came at, like, 140. I, like, flew out of bed. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, it's here. My Neo, my Neo. The next generation and, of consoles has arrived. Exactly. And um, you know, my advanced entertainment system. And then the UPS person took forever to come upstairs because they had to deliver all the packages in the building. Yeah. Um, 
so they finally came and I was like, Oh my god, oh my god But I didn't reveal that to the person who was delivering it, yeah. obviously. I was like, Okay, thank you very much and then I took it out and took a picture of it, put it on You're like on clenching your butthole inside in excitement. But <laughs> No, 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 not that not not that much. But um I uh yeah, went and played it for a minute and then I went to sleep and I think a couple of minutes ago, not a couple of minutes ago, but like a short while ago, I like played a little bit of Nineteen Seventy-Five, and I remember how fun that game was. It's um, like you're on a plane at the bottom of the screen, you can it's like run Sunset left Riders, right, and you shoot into the background. Yes, like something like that, like those stages of Sunset Riders where you shoot into the background and you um, you. Shoot it's like uh, it's it's needs. like um, uh, the treasure game on N64, Sin and Punishment, except in 2D. It's like Space Harrier yeah, on the ground. Yeah, but you're not going forward. You're going to the side. Oh, you're only going to the side. No, well, the bet the screen is scrolling sideways, not in a 3D perspective towards you. Okay. So basically, it's like you're on a boat. Ah. Uh... And the boat is moving to the. Oh, right, so it's Assassin's Creed Three. Great. Coming. Fuck. Fuck that game. <laughs> um. So that was that. And... Are there moon people too? <sighs> no, there are no moon people in the Neo Geo unless you like play a game that's called Moon People. <laughs> That's my favorite um, game ever. Yeah. I uh, just put in a Ninja's, Ninja Masters card, but I didn't play it. It's an SD mm. card. and um, Like oh, SD I card technology it. or like literally? No, it's it's literally <laughs> an SD card. And, is it encrypted, uh, I, mean, I wonder? It probably is. It probably has a special format to it. I just locked it. And I'm thinking, hmm, I bet it probably has like some kind of save data. So let me unlock it. <laughs> That'd be funny if you accidentally did it. Why did my save work? Yeah, it's like I can't save. Um, what's cool is that like a lot of the AES games, like well, the AES like fighting games, like I just saw in World Heroes Perfect, and it was in um, it was in Fan Fury that one. You can set it to easy, normal, hard, and MVS. Oh, I don't, I don't know what MVS is. I don't know if it's like oh, you can add credits and stuff like that. That'll be nice, because remember, I was under the impression nice. that it was only home versions, and like the MVS is the one that lets you like fuck around with all the settings, like additional blood yeah. and like difficult, uh, all that stuff. Well, you know what? Since I have it here in front of me, um, I will see while we discuss. Um, <clears throat> I haven't played anything new since the last time we talked, except so. for Fatal Fury. I, mean, I played. Well, yeah, I already told you about that, but um, I've just played a little bit more uh, tactics. And nothing else to really say about that. I mean, I, there is something, but ah, fuck it. <laughs> um, a cool-ish type of thing in um, Final Fantasy Tactics is that um, there are these auctions that occur like once every three hundred something days or something like that, and the auctions allow you to control areas. And when you control areas, you get certain benefits and things like that. And the auctions are based off of like, okay, you bid. Um, you bid money on certain, and in certain intervals. So you could bid in uh one, two, three, or five chips, and you you can you can kind of tell like the other characters, the computer characters, they telegraph what they do. If they like have a sitting stance, they're not doing anything. If they walk, they're gonna bid one. If they like have this kind of attacking, repeating attacking stance, they're gonna bid three. And then if you see the exclamation point, they're gonna bid five. And you only get five out of a bonus. Mm-hmm. And the bonuses occur like in certain intervals. You will get a five chip if you're a certain place. Like if you're in first place, it says bonus first. You want to be in first place and you get a five chip. Or fifth place. And you want to like kind of play it so that, oh, if I still want to win this area, 
I'll have to be in fifth place until this point and then start bidding heavy at the end. Then that's pretty fun. Um, one thing that I noticed that was pretty funny was that I won a new area, right? And then people started fighting me because they were mad that I won that area. Wait, from an auction? Yeah, the people who are that's not sportsmanlike auction. I know, and it's funny because it's like I'm going into the area and it's like question mark, and you go into the question mark, and it goes, "Hey, you're those guys. My clan is named Berry because cranberry clan." Oh, but I'm bomb. Victor Lee. In in the original um tactics, my clan name was Destiny Clan Destiny. Oh, anyway, very uh, clever. Um, yeah, I know I'm so clever, and so this is um, make mine clan pawn. Let's play with Joe Higashi. Oh God, um, I hated him. <laughs> I, I probably just didn't know how to use him right, but I always felt he was underpowered. Uh, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So the guys come out and they're like, uh, you know, you're those guys from Clanberry who um, you're those guys from Clanberry. We don't like that. This is this is our this is our area. We're gonna beat you to take it back or something. If, if, if only you them. could do that on eBay. <laughs> Bitch, this is my computer. Oh my gosh. Um, I have no idea what the difference between MVS and regular stuff is. Oh. And I, I, you know what a so good bad. game to try that out on would be? Uh, one of the Samurai Showdown games. Because those mm. are the more violent ones. And, and you, you can see if they well, like... Well, see, the whole thing is like... Okay. Oh, okay. Um, the L and R buttons do stuff... In Fatal Fury, the R1 and R2 buttons pause, and the L1 and L2 change it from 4-3 to 16 by 9. Oh. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, right? So when I press start... I, I'm still mystified happens. that 16-9 16, is an option for a system that's based on 4 by 3 <laughs> Oh, no. Tung Furu, he's, like, super large now. I always felt that game... That game... Um, when you played against a computer, it was like playing mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat as opposed to playing Street Fighter. Yes. It was like very... It, it has a very rigid, kind of scripted feel to it. And that's not to say that Street Fighter's AI wasn't scripted because you had exploits. Like when you're playing against Guile, you could like do a Dragon Punch and he oh, would almost can... always do a Flash Kick. Yeah. Um, but I, it, it, at least it, it, it gave the illusion of being reactive more adeptly than did Fatal Fury. And then you get to Fatal Fury, like, you're, you're playing Tung Furu right now, right? You get to him, and when he's big... Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, when he's big, he's all, like, super powerful, and, like, one hit from his pinky toe, mm -hmm. and you're dead. And it's like, well, that was cheap. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then the whole shit... Was it Billy Kane, where, like, he throws his staff into the crowd and oh, becomes, yeah. like, super strong, or some, some, things like that. It's like, wait, what? Like, and now uh, you got this guy, Richard Meyer, who hangs up on the ceiling... It's but it's know. almost like punch out even. Like everybody yeah. has this weird non standard thing that you know, can only be done in, in certain conditions. It's weird. Anyway, that yeah. Yeah, I went around with of course Andy, the only person I know how to play with. Um now I noticed that doing fireball motions is kind of um, you know it's kind of unreliable. Really? Well, actually no. Well, I guess it may depend on perspective because I can't do left fireballs very well, but right fireballs I can. Oh, much do. Let's see. I always I always Is... found that um, at least the Neo Geo Pocket Color Stick was really good for for portable fighting games um, because it was clicky and like I kind of had that tactile 
you know, I know when that button was, I know when that direction is pressed because I can hear it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that maybe it's just the style, like, I think in Fail of Fury, you have to do the motion and then press the button after, because I, I, I got it 100% um, just now, like, click, click, button, click, oh, click, okay. button, okay. not like, click, click, button. What's the build quality like? Um, The build quality of the unit? Yeah, because before you go it, on, I'm starting to feel like a really light, like, creak in the back of my D- 3DS XL, and I'm not very happy about it. Really? Oh my god, I'm getting like herbed in the corner. <laughs> I haven't used the word herbed. In, like, <laughs> That's what I was years. laughing at, was the fact that you used that word. <laughs> uh, um, herbed, cheesed. Yeah. You're cheesing me, son. No, I'm, I'm playing like really cheap. Oh, oh wait, but according, I'm playing easy. according to the new fighting game rules, you're supposed to, you know, be sexist. So you have to say raped and like... Oh, right, right. But unfortunately, I'm not new school, so oh. I don't I don't speak like that. <laughs> um, hey, what the heck? Oh, oh. what what happened? Okay, I'm good. No, I changed the when you change the volume and the brightness, it stops the game. Oh, oh, interesting. And so I changed the brightness and the sound went off. I had it paused already, but then the sound came back on, and I was like, "Wait, I had it paused." That's weird. It was already paused. That's weird. So does it feel like is it feel like a sturdy unit or does this kind of feel like eh they kind of pooped this out but that's okay? Um, I, I like it's it's kind of light which is cool. I mean because it's all solid state. Yeah. And um, but it's not like flimsy light where you're like uh, you know like how we were talking about the phones uh, where you feel like you could drop it. Yeah. Because it's big and it fits in your hands like American hands. American American yeah. hands. I'm an American. And, it, it feels very comfortable to play. Your fingers, you know, it's almost like a Vita, I think, where, you know, you can wrap your hands around it and not exactly feel like they're, your fingers are completely on top of each yeah. other. Yeah. Like, like I, I feel and like they pooped out the PSP 3000. Yes, they did. They certainly did. Um, And the back is like a rubbery kind of, um, it's a non-slide type of ridged back. Oh, okay. So, you know, you may play it and your hands start getting sweaty and you definitely won't drop it because of the, the surface. I like that. Back. Yeah, I like that. And it's glossy on the front, but that's okay. I mean, it's just a glass on the front. Right. And your fingerprints are just going to be on it, just like a touchscreen phone. Yeah. Um, And, like, the L and R buttons are kind of weird. Like, they click, but you can't lightly press them. You have to really press them. Oh. But now I notice that these two buttons are not... I mean, these four buttons are not game buttons. They are system buttons. You can't map them. I see. Okay. So you won't even need them in the first place. And I just find it weird, like this A, B, C, D situation. It's like A is like where the Nintendo A button is. Yeah. No, not Nintendo. The, the Xbox A button. A and B are like Xbox. Oh, so it's like Dreamcast. Yes, except the C and the D buttons are like... Um, C would be where the X button is on a, a Microsoft controller. ND is where the Y button okay. is. So, like, I kind of feel like I want to go in a circle, but I can't have to go in two separate lines. Gotcha. When I want to press the button. So, it's just, that's me. But, um, I like it. I, I like that it's not emulated. It is just pure. And, uh. But it, it, is it, like, and I don't mean, I don't mean, like, that in, snar- in a snarky way, but I like, is, is it, is it, is it really, like, native hardware that's shrunken down, or did, did, like, who manufactured it? Sammy? Tomo. Tomo. Or did they did they just kind of... And Playmore. Okay. So Playmore. Did they just, yeah. you know, because it's Playmore, they don't need to get a blessing from anybody in order to, like... Right. It's their stuff. Uh, right. 
So these are the actual. So whether whether by right. hardware or emulation, it's it's sanctioned and so it's official. So that was my question: is that uh, is it, it? Do you know if it's actually built into the hardware, or did they just write a really good emulator because it's their BIOS and their code? Um, as far as what they say it is, it is. Um, this is a Neo Geo hardware built into this um, handheld with some OS uh, modifications so that you could play yeah, games off with, cards mm-hmm. and like choose multiple games. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, let me see something because oh, um, they said visit Neo Geo X to uh, for new games or whatever. But obviously, on the first day, they're not gonna have any games. Right. Oh, this is this uh, is now, day one. Yeah, this is day one. Like now, they updated the site and they have an unboxing video and they have the trailer. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. And where the buy? I mean, granted, it, you know, this was supposed to come out like two weeks ago, but it was delayed slightly. It's not so bad. Right. And now here, and then they have the ads and whatnot. But um, I just want to see if they pretty sure that they answered that. How many games included? Does it support cartridges? Do I need it? Um, no memory card system, even though, you know, a couple of games reference a memory card, but obviously there's no memory card system. Um, you know, what's cool is that if you play on the TV and you have two sticks, two uh, Neo Geo X sticks, you can actually do the two player. Yeah, that's what I, I heard. I mentioned that before. Um, batteries last three to four hours. Uh, Ooh, that's it? Yeah. I, um, you can't have everything, but that's just, that's, that was a little jarring. Yeah. Because especially because it's Neo Geo games and not like 3DS games, that mm. you'd think that the battery might be a little better. But how much did the unit cost? Two fifty. Two hundred. Two hundred. Okay. Um, the only thing that um, kind of well, it, it is what it is. But um, the only way that you can charge the the Neo Geo X is in the the charging station. Like it's got a USB on it. But they say do not charge it using a standalone power supply or USB cable. Always connect it to the docking station. That's slightly annoying. It is. Slightly annoying only because it's there. Well, I think it's slightly annoying because it's, um, you know, there is an alternative. I mean, you could have allowed people to use a USB. You could have set, set up the system so that it can accept a USB charge and do it right because I think what it is is that it probably doesn't regulate the um the the the, the flow of electricity. Yeah, there's so no governor. Up, like, busting the battery. Yeah, and, and, and I guess that's kind of what I meant is that the it, by it's there, it's the fact that the USB port is there, and so that like it, it's more from a perspective of it may lead to a little bit of co- consumer confusion because you think mm-hmm. oh yeah it's fine and like uh no, you might brick it. <laughs> Um, it doesn't say, um, on the website, at least on the FAQ, but it's a 20th anniversary, uh, thing. I, I wouldn't, I would suppose that it's not, um, an emulation. It, it doesn't feel like an emulation. It actually feels like I'm playing the real game. Okay. Know? That's good. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. New consoles for the future. Alright, so speaking of new consoles of the future, I think the next topic we're going to talk about before we take a quick break is the so-called Steam Box that, uh, that Gabe Newell started talking about the VGAs. Um, it's not what me, what some people might think. It's certainly not what I thought it was, but, uh, we'll get back to it in a couple of minutes, or as far as you guys are concerned, a couple of seconds. I'm going to go urinate, so you guys don't have to listen to me going, Ew, that's just nasty.
We've returned. Both of us have urinated, so we're, you know, nice and dry at TMI. Um, Steambox. Yeah. So to 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 kind of clear it off the uh, clear the air off the bat and, and you know I think the first reaction for uh, understandably from anyone myself in particular me in particular was oh okay so Valve is basically putting standardized PC hardware in a box and that's mm-hmm. it and that's not really what they're doing um or I, I should say I should say that might not be what they're doing um if if what Gabe Newell's insinuations are are telling us, it seems to be more like we are building a very tightly controlled closed system that well closed insofar as that they're controlling it within the Steam ecosystem and that's it mm-hmm. um, and potentially based on Linux. So while it could still be and you correct me if I'm wrong because you know this a lot better than I do, but. If you're running Linux, does your hardware have to be x86 based? Um, no. I mean, Linux supports all different kinds of platforms. Spark, uh, you know, those old IBMs, alphas. Okay. All that shit. So, hmm, okay. So, so if I if I port a game over a Windows game over to Linux, though, that binary, hmm. that that port, that executable of the game, is it only available is it only able to be run on and, and you excuse my terrible grammar there because i'm speaking on the fly is it only able to be run on <laughs> a, a specific architecture or you know what i mean or does it just it will linux will the os api take care of all that um i do believe that it is i think that it is platform dependent i'm not really sure okay so he could because sorry go ahead Oh, because um, I don't think that there is a translation. You know, um, when you uh, when you build it for, say, no, 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 no. I know exactly the answer now. You do have to build a separate build for each uh, platform. Okay. Because that when you download Linux binaries, you have to get the i eighty six version or the, or the, the right the, the Spark version or the gotcha. Okay. Whatever. Because what, where I was going with that was that I don't think that they could they could lower costs by by providing a very uh kind of low power i should say something like uh something other than 8x86 in an attempt to lower the cost on the thing but not sacrifice performance by too too much they couldn't just do that because then they would they would have no games well certainly okay so they can't do that um but like the, the, it's not as so it sounds like it's not as simple as just like we're slapping windows onto a box and it's just going to be that that it looks pretty and it's smaller and it fits into your entertainment deck and it has an HDMI outport. Um, but I, you know, I wonder. I personally wonder how far they can go with 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 avoiding that approach because the strength of Steam's library is on the Windows games that it has. I don't know how many games are available on Mac. Uh, on Mac's version of Steam, but if you know, if I hear friend of the site Brian Fishman, if I hear him tell it um, in a Facebook post, I me mean, he said that he uses a Mac and the choices are very limited. Hmm. Um, and we I, know I that so. they're even more so on Linux. Oh yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do. And on top of that, it's wait, do, do they have official Linux support yet? Um, I know they have some software running on Linux. I don't know if Steam itself is running on Linux, whether in beta or otherwise. I just know that they they said they like I read a blog post and they got Left for Dead running on Linux. 
Right. Um, I remember that's that. as far as I saw them go. Because um, um, I'm booting up Steam now, and I'm going to see if um, I'm going to see if I can like kind of pull up a list of games that run on Mac. Right. But Steam wants to update itself. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, let's see. Games. Mac OS X. So I, th- I, th- I think while you're looking for that, I think like there are two different discussions that can be had. One is how viable is this thing, assuming that it's not just going to be like a Windows box. Two, uh, totally separate from just you know Valve's plans with this machine uh, and just more on the philosophy of PC gaming as a whole, like where are we in the idea of the PC game platform in the living room? Um, and like w- depending on what this thing does... How does that change things, if at all? And again, assuming assuming that they're going to go for like their own little closed thing that's Linux-based, I would say that it doesn't really change things that much at all. That's just my initial feel. Yeah, that's true. Because the, the thing is, if you... Well, mm. one of two things. It's contingent on you being able to get the library that you currently have on Steam up and running on Linux. And if you can't do that, then... I doubt that you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't think that because all of these games are Windows games, like, because, well, then again, no. Do they have, Steam has that feature where if you buy a game, you can download it on Mac or PC, or is that? That's what I was going to say. I would hope that if that's the case, that you could still access everything on, on, you know, one account. Oh, yeah, yeah. You should be able to. Steam Play is. You should be able to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think that it's, it's a little bit optimistic and maybe a little bit naive. Maybe not naive. I shouldn't say naive because he gave Newell's obvious experience. I'm not. But how are you going to convince a whole load of publishers to now code a, a new SKU of their game or, or, or to develop a new SKU of their game, um, of their mainstream game, I should say, for a, a, a Linux executable? Without the, you know, without, without the proof to say that, look, you know, Steambox is going to be big. Because what's going to prevent people just saying, I'll just use Steam. On and then my... emulate it. Yeah. You know, if, if we're talking about people having, having a hard enough time grasping the idea that the PC space is now convenient enough that you can actually put it in your living room, and, and that's another thing that I want to get to if we have time, then how are you going to get people to buy into the fact that, hey, here's this new box that, you know, well, it's Linux-based, and we know that there are no games on Linux yet, but they'll come. You know, so you're convincing the customer and the publisher to buy into each other. You know, mm, it's true. Mm. And uh, and like you know, it's not like it hasn't been done before. I mean, look, Sony entered the gaming space. Microsoft entered the gaming space from a hardware standpoint. So it's not like it can't be done. Very but true. how you know, at this point, how viable is you know console gaming at this point when a lot of people are shifting to like the iPad, which you know is kind of gross to me. But that that's kind of what's happening. You know? And that 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 in and of itself is just weird. It's, it's almost like a uh, uh, I don't want to say anything that negative right now. Um, I want to say that basically there's a devaluing. I mean, this is all well known that there's a devaluing in in gaming because of the App Store and the games that are released for iPhone and iPad. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yep. And that 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 kind of like affects <clears throat> everything globally, and then you know that leads into the whole Steam thing. And Steam's trying to you know compete in this space where okay you got Apple and they're trying to move into the 
living room space with the big picture and the steam box yeah and you know how you're going to justify to the average consumer who's buying 99 cent games that uh you know at home you can play this thing and you have this entire like huge collection of games but then again this steam box is supposed to be based off of linux right that's what they're saying. That, yeah. That's what they're implying, but they haven't said for sure, and that's where it becomes tough because you don't know exactly what their plans are now. So, like, right. what what exactly are they going to do? My, you know, my honest hope is that like they just bite the bullet and just do a Windows box, like which will make it nothing special. But is it like I, I'm wondering if it's possible for them to like do a Windows fork and like you know, or or if that's if Microsoft doesn't allow that. I, either if Microsoft doesn't allow that, will charge them too much money to do it. Yeah, because I mean, I don't even see Microsoft licensing Windows for. Well, they did it to Sega <laughs> with the Dreamcast. Oh, that's true. Win, Windows CE built in. Yeah, but what did that really do? I'm wondering what that really did because and may, maybe that's the beauty of it. Beauty of it is that no one could really tell that Windows was there. Right, and it's very possible that. Um, you know, it it was just on a developmental standpoint where okay, well, I can make a game for Windows and kind of throw out some chunks of code and run it on a Dreamcast. Right. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that was actually how it happened or anything. Right. Or at least Windows provides but the backbone for know. our like how our data management structure. Like, oh, here here's how we manage our save files instead of FAT partition or FAT32 or whatever. And who knows? Who who fucking knows? Um, and then on top of that, oh, good, let's not talk about partitions and stuff. <laughs> You you got a completely different set of partitions for Linux, as you already yeah. know by you know we Android, phone and yeah. But um, I was going to mention oh, what if Microsoft says you know in some like dick move? Well, you got to use win- a build of Windows eight, right? And and, and we know Gabe Newell's like fuck you, yeah. So what are we gonna do there? And, Which uh, it, yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna say in all honesty, actually that would be beneficial because. Insofar as them not, as long as they don't have to use like the Windows 8 ecosystem, the advantage there is that they get the stability and the speed improvements that Windows 8 brings, mm-hmm. which are which which are notable. Um, I, I wanted to give you those numbers that uh, I was looking for. Okay. Now, according to the store, it says that there are three hundred and thirty-nine. Mac games, but then I looked at the list, and one of them is the Steam Greenlight thing, the hundred dollars submission fee. Oh, but then when you look on the list, it says that there are five hundred and nine. But when you click on it, it says three thirty nine in the list. So I don't know if there's five hundred or three hundred thirty. But compared to the fact that in their store for Windows games, well, it's just just total. But it says there are two thousand two hundred fifty seven games that are under ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who knows how many games are over $10 that I can't get a good number of that. Right. Because there's no, like, grand list of all the games. You can't right. pull up everything. So, unless... Oh, wait, wait. Well, yes. if, if, just, just, take, just take this metric. I own 239 games all on my lonesome. So, th- there's got to be 20 times <laughs> on the store. Well, let's see. I just did a search for games of any OS, and it says that there are 1,864 games. But that doesn't make any sense to me. Let's see, PC. Right. Yeah, it says there are 1,863 PC games if I do a general search of games. But at the same time, uh, there's demos and DLC and stuff like that. But 
compared to Mac, there's 339. So we'll do it like, oh, and there's a Linux list. Oh, boy. 36. <laughs> it's like and, going down by a factor of 10 every time. Yeah, of those 36, you have great games such as uh, The Book of Unwritten Tales, uh, Unity of Command, this Team Fortress 2, Amnesia to Dark Descent. What's Unity of Command? Uh, I think it's a yeah, it's a strategy game that's like it looks kind of like Military Madness actually. Mm. Um, indie strategy game for twenty bucks. Hey, I would uh, love. Uh, here's the thing. It sounds mm-hmm. like I'm making fun of it, but I would love for games to come to Linux because I know as an OS, you know, it's in terms of like you know just how it handles everything. Just from what other people say, it's it's people who know shit. I should say, which is not mm-hmm. me. People like you, for example, who know their shit. Like, I, I mean, I guess I do. <laughs> but, like, it's a lot more efficient at handling yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. And, like, I would love for that to be the case where, look, you don't need to worry about the overhead that Windows brings and, and, and have, like, insanely expensive hardware just to get over that overhead. You know, and, and, and if Windows 8 is any indication, I'm, I'm hoping that that takes away that, you know, kind of, like, it's more, it's efficient enough to, 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 you know, give you bigger returns on your benchmarks, but I bet you that's not the case. Because mm-hmm. it's still built on Windows 7. Well, but no, yeah, go ahead. No, this is weird. Um, I clicked on a, a game, yeah. and that game happens to be Serious Sam 3. Okay. Now, it says that Serious Sam 3 is a Linux game, but it doesn't say anywhere anything about Linux. Like, it's just PC and Mac system requirements. Oh, doesn't say and, anything about, like, the... Okay. Yeah, and it, it says, you know, Steam Play, so you can play it on... On, uh, maybe that's what it is because every single game in this list wait this red orchestra and this aquaria let's see aquaria um no it's a windows game it says windows 2000 xp vista 1.8 gigahertz pc so it's very unclear it's hard to get whether... a read on it then huh it's very very difficult because I don't, I don't even know it's it's in the list of games that says it's for linux but there's nothing in the game store page that says that it's a Linux game. And everything else is pretty much a Steam Play game, which is Mac or PC. Yeah, it's it's tough because you're, you're getting into an arena where, like, okay, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, no matter what happens, unless they completely give up, are always going to get by because they have their own properties. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't think Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 and Half-Life are enough to sell, like these boxes if if those are the only things that are really coming towards linux now you you might have an indie game heaven so that could be something going for it that's true but like i want my darksiders i want my assassin's creed i want you know batman and all that stuff that that you know that come out on the multi-platform games that's why i have a pc because the multi-platform games work better on those if multi-platform games weren't abundant and worked better on a pc then i wouldn't do pc gaming at all so now you're you're potentially you know telling people to you know, hold on, wait a second. We'll, we'll we'll get the Linux support there. We'll get there. Who, who you know how many how many publishers are going to buy into that? Yeah, and you know because maybe they all will. They're going to think about but... is how much money we're going to make off of this. Somebody yeah. probably has to like drop a hit and show there are this many Linux gamers or this many people who are yeah. going to own this Steam box, and then everybody's going to follow suit. And, of course, what they're going to do is they're going to port the latest game to Steam box, like they do with the Wii U. Yeah. And, and, and the tough part about that is, is, like, one of the strengths of PC gaming is the fact that, you know, 
while the kind of backwards compatibility and openness of it makes it like a bitch to to uh, to defect to mm-hmm. defect root to to root out the defects, it also lets you play a game from like two thousand and one. Given yeah. you know, certain conditions, depending on what the game is like, and if we're talking about Linux. How many great Windows games from 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, all those years that a PC gamer is going to want? How many of those games are, you know, are available on Linux? And how many games will, going forward, publishers want to spend time on for a Linux port? You know, because ostensibly the, the backwards compatibility stuff, the legacy stuff is really for you and me. And I think it goes without saying that we don't need a Steam box if we've got our PCs. Very true. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's I feel like it's Gabe Newell kind of you know taking a little bit of a risk you know which which he's a he should be applauded for but also like kind of just doing it to thumb his nose at Microsoft by saying the words Linux and it's just like is that the smartest thing to do I don't I don't, I don't know if you could do it great yeah and and it's it's kind of strange like you are are they gonna build it like on a particular platform that is proprietary. Not, not proprietary, quote-unquote. I, I use quote-unquote proprietary because I'm thinking how you have Xbox. Xbox is, um, you know, the development platform is the Xbox dev kit. Yeah. And the platform for PlayStation is the Sony dev kit, whatever it is. Right. I forget what it is for PlayStation 3. Now, you know, on a PC, the uh, PC's dev kit is the pc you use you know visual c plus plus whatever and um right for steam are you are, is it just going to be okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make a linux game and i'm go or i'm gonna make a game in c plus plus blah 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 and i'm going to tailor it to the system specifications and send it out or is it that okay these games on steam are available on this box uh and as well as everywhere else you know what i mean you know what right. i'm asking yeah like, is it how closed is it going to be when he says it's tightly controlled what exactly does he mean by that right is it going to be like everything that comes out on the steam box is exclusive to that and therefore making you have to buy the steam box if something really like a killer app comes out for it now i gotta go buy a steam box or can i still get it ported to pc or you know i mean granted you're gonna have all the stuff that's already available on other platforms and it's gonna be ported over to steam box Right. I just I think my whole thing is that if it if it really is going to be a new console, then it's pointless. Yeah. If it's going to be a console style PC, then there's 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 value to that, I think. In terms I, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I agree for a certain type of person, but like, you know, for us, granted we're probably too lazy to go and plug our computers to, to the television. I sure am. Um you know, it would be nice if it was cheap enough that I could get it and be like, okay, it's connected to TV and it, it it shares my account so that I could download all my stuff to it. Right. And maybe expand the storage and whatnot or, or you know, in a dream scenario, take my hard drive and just tell the Steam box, this is where Steam Apps is and use it. Granted, yeah. that's the least likely scenario. But like yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I'm interested in the idea of a living room PC. I'm interested in that idea of like of it being a viable option from a 
and I don't say this to be snarky, but from a stupid consumer perspective, I'm interested in that being a viable option. I could take my laptop and I could plug it into TV, no problem. I don't need a fucking Steam box. I am actually, like, I could just buy a super long HDMI cable. I have a wireless keyboard and mouse. I could just do that. Or I could just play with a wireless controller. But I'm interested in kind of the idea that someone who would play an Xbox or a PlayStation 3 might now consider, you know, a PC-type platform because of kind of it's hard it's it's hard to explain it i i personally think that knowledge is power right the more you know about mm. something the better steambox isn't going to be like taking your pc and plugging it in because it's a new box and like ostensibly they're going to want to standardize it right right now i don't know if they're going to do tiers where a 400 dollars box gets you something the equivalent of a radeon 7870 whereas a 200 dollars box gets you something equivalent of a 6770 whatever right mm-hmm. who knows what they're going to do their plans are not finalized we don't know this but um as long as they're not doing that, as long as they're keeping things standardized, it is, it is only a PC-style console where you can play the PC games, which is already a lot of added value, but it doesn't really teach the person, hey, this is exactly how you hook your PC up to a TV because your PC could be any number of configurations. But what it will do is kind of say like, hey, these games actually look better. These games actually feel and play better. And the experience and like the, the kind of experience of it, of picking up a controller and loading this game is, from what I can tell... Very similar to an Xbox or a PlayStation 3. Wow, this stuff is easier than I thought. Huh. I, you know, my friend, Joe Blow, already has a PC. And maybe if if it was this easy to get the PC working on TV, if he was willing to upgrade his shit, you know, he doesn't really play too many video games, and he just plays, like, random, like, Farmville on his PC. But but he likes shooting things. What if I told him to get Call of Duty? And I could tell him how to attach this thing to his PC, because it's actually really easy. Because I, I think the biggest problem is perception. Everybody thinks that it's a nightmare to get a PC on your TV, and it really isn't. It isn't. It's there are real hurdles there that still aren't fixed. Like it is still more expensive, and like you you still get crashes every now and again. But at yeah, least I can't remember. well, then again, no. I was going to say I can't remember the last time I had a crash, but I can't. <laughs> I mean, not a computer crash, but more of like a game crash. I was playing. Um, Revelations Metal... crashed on me. Oh yeah. Um, I think sometime last year. But that's um, one more time than it ever. It's one more time than any Assassin's Creed ever crashed on me ever in a, on the true. Xbox. You know, so you know yeah, that's still think, uh, any Assassin's Creed game crashed on an Xbox. Maybe it did, but I don't remember. I know I was playing Metal of Honor Warfighter, testing it out, and I finished the first stage, and it crashed <laughs> on the FMV going into the next stage. And I was oh like, shit! Okay, and it, it, but it wasn't a, a it, it was a clean crash, quote right. unquote. Like I didn't have to restart the computer. I could just I all tapped out of it and then like shut it down and then started it back up. Right. And then it worked. So I thought, oh my gosh, don't tell me like, oh my graphics card isn't compatible or some stupidness. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, those are those are real concerns. I mean, I just think in this day and age of you know games that get corrupt saves and like um, things like Assassin's Creed freaking out like the the the, the video not the video I didn't make a video of this but like when when like I couldn't hunt. Because, like, the buttons wouldn't respond and shit like that. Like, I don't think people want to deal with Windows crashes, but it's 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 tolerable at this point where the Windows crashes happen infrequently enough and people have unfortunately gotten used to so many bugs in games already that, mm-hmm. you know, it, right now it's just perception. It's only perception. And and the, the bigger hindrance for people is, oh, well, I like sitting on my couch. Well, you can do that. You just didn't know it. 
and there's kind of nobody it's not your fault either for not knowing that because there's there's really very few people if anybody you know who who kind of act as a champion for the PC platform and i feel like steam is kind of in the position to be that champion and very well i mean it's got the collection to do so it's just it needs to get that mainstream attraction yeah and i'm just interested in that because i i i you know i do want there to be a world where you know everybody plays together and people and, and i want there to be a world where you know people have the option to say you know in spending instead of spending $450 on the newest console i'm going to spend $200 on a new graphics card because i know i can attach it to my tv like people not all people want to do that and that's fine i just think they should have the option to do it um and they should have the option they, they should know i should rather i should say they should know that they have the option to do it with minimal hassle you know and and mm-hmm. And like I, I think Steam's in the position to do that. I think Steam's in the position to hopefully unify multi-platform gaming the way that Games for Windows Live couldn't. Yeah. Shadowrun. <clears throat> um, I mean, we already link to PSN IDs, and I think that's pretty interesting that they would have already done that. You know, mm-hmm. especially after Gabe Newell was just like, "Oh, PS3, yeah, they're stupid," and then he came out with a bag of money. It was like, "No, no, no, Orange uh, Portal 2. Yeah, we like PlayStation that's, now." And that's but, what I got. But I mean, you know, I got it because I got the PC version and got that for free. Right. So guess what? Chicken butt. I played it on the PC version. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Um. But yeah, I. I it's very interesting. I. I hope. I hope it pans out to something that's viable. Like, uh, it, it, Linux right now still feels kind of like a pie in the sky type of thing. Um. But perhaps this is Gabe Newell saying it's because it's a pie in the sky that I'm doing this. Like nobody is bothering to you know try this system so fuck it i'll do it we'll still have our steam pc business uh, our steam windows business if this doesn't pan out but the thing is like that's such a how much are they going to spend on the hardware like even then Mm. you know once you get your once you dip your toe into hardware manufacturing that becomes a different game true so i don't know um but you have anything Anything particular that you want to say about this? Because I know you have to go to work soon, and I don't want you to lose your job over Steam. Oh my god, lose my job over Steam! <laughs> but um, it's it's definitely very confusing, and and I don't know. I don't think that there's any uh, release date or any kind of real indication of when this thing is coming out right yeah yeah this is very nascent and and like these this is all complete speculation i'm probably wrong on every single count it's fun to talk about though (laughs) Mm -hmm. um because i I would definitely like to talk about it again when um uh oh we know more more information yeah there's a lot more stuff going on but um uh speaking of consoles that like you know try and challenge the way we do things and change stuff revolution not revolutionary but unique yeah um that uh that Oya console is coming out like this month or something and yeah it's supposed and... to come out sometime in 2013 i personally think it's just going to be a nice toy to play around with and it's not going to go anywhere and the reason why i you know pledged some money to it on kickstarter is because you know i i want people to try something new of course um, um i could have sworn that there was uh an article saying that it was coming out uh not coming out, but it was being released to those who pledged to it on Kickstarter at the end of this month. Let's see. Um, I, I think, I think if anything, the Ouya thing is more pie in the sky than a Steambox is, a, a Linux Steambox is, only because like 
I don't know how many heavyweights are really going to provide that TV experience that people will want from a gaming console, you know, for this little machine. Because if it's based on if it's based on hardware that you know the spe- was spec'd out a few months ago, and it's really going to serve as like an Android-based machine, like how how much support are they going to get behind it? You know, hmm. I mean, I I'm not entirely interested on playing um on playing you know games designed for Android on the big screen. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm hardly interested in playing games that are designed for Android at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Like it's there. It, I I we, we I think we both of us both of us we do it because it's just there. And I don't like even games. do it anymore. That's the thing. Like I all the games that I used to have for Android, like when I got when I went to CM Nine, like half of the stuff that I played regularly, Bejeweled uh, was the main culprit. It's not compatible with uh, Ice Cream Sandwich. What? Majul Two is not compatible with ice cream sandwich. And That's with, okay. Crazy. Um, I, I'm guessing that they have a Majul like three or something, and they want you to buy it. But yeah. um, okay, so so it looks it uses the Tigra three mm-hmm. system and on chip. the Tigra four. Yeah. So number one, there's that. Number two, uh, how powerful are we talking about here? I think the most that the most that we'll get is like Riptide. Or something like modern combat, and you know, the, the mo- you look at modern combat, and you're like, oh wow, that looks great. You look at it a bit up close, and you're like, ha ha ha, we actually thought this looked great. <laughs> like, no, it's not. And uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm glad that they're trying this new thing. I'm glad that they're going for open source. Um, I think people don't know exactly what open source means. So when they say, oh yeah, it's going to be open source, so everything's going to be win win win. Well, no, you don't exactly know what that means. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to it than just that, but still. You know, uh, with tens of thousands of backers pledging to help bring Ouya to life, Ouya's first consoles will ship in early 2013. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll see. And like, who knows? Maybe this is kind of if this is is even you know remotely successful, even in a kind of like moral victory kind of way, then we know that they that then actually Valve can kind of use this as a yo, it worked for them. They got some titles. I mean. They they don't know what they're doing on the hardware end because I'm Gabe Newell and I know exactly what I'm doing every time, and they don't. But they had the right idea, so you want to get in on this? Okay. <laughs> or not? Who knows? Um, but if I if I if I somehow get my Ouya um, before the new year, I'll let you know. <laughs> and everybody else on uh, on our uh, listening stream, all two of you, all three. Yeah. See. Okay. Granted, this is from Kotaku. Yeah. Uh, it was a November 30th article, and it says, well, then again, it says, no longer content to be imaginary, Oya has decided to become an actual thing. The creator said a new console will be shipping to developers at the end of, oh, developers. At the okay, end of okay. Um, and hundreds of developers, da 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 December 28th, they leave the factory and will arrive within a couple of days. Uh, the dev console is an early version of the Ouya console and controller designed for developers to test their games. Our Kickstarter developers are the first to get a crack at them. We're psyched to have you on board, and we can't wait to see what pours from the brain. Of course, when the final console is shipped, every Ouya will be a dev console. We told you that already. What we didn't tell you was that the advanced dev consoles you ordered are pretty special. <clears throat> You'll know what I mean when you open yours. They're rare drops. <laughs> rare drops. Huh. Ba-dum-bum. So uh, yeah, it's the devs, not. And, and of course, the <clears throat> article is misleading. The title of the article is misleading. It says the first Oyos will ship this December. Yeah. And like, uh, does that mean to everybody who who donated or? Thanks, Kotaku. Yeah. 
Thanks, Jason Schreier. Oh, God. That's why I don't read your articles. You know what's funny? Um, like I, I'm actually putting together an article, or I should say a post, basically like trying to go through some of the some of the things that people say why they don't game on PCs, and mo- most of this is a, a bunch of our friends on email threads. And you know, I was asking them like, guys, you know, what are your perceptions of PC gaming right now? Because I wanted to kind of list through the myths and the truths that you know that make PC gaming seem like like the beast that it isn't you know right and like i was interested in exploring and analyzing what problems are left and 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 what do we still need to do in order to um to get to that point where we can you know say yes a pc in the living room is completely easy to do meanwhile i i i'm i'm just scrolling through kotaku and steven detilla posts an article called let me see what it's called oh Um, the one about the PC. I was like, yeah, he was like, today. he was like, my PC is my next gen console. I no longer have the fear. And I read through it. And I'm like, shit. He did it before you. That's kind of like a that, cliff. It's like a cliff notes version. <laughs> I meant to read that too. I didn't have any time. I, I do have a problem with that article. He is almost as dismissive of consoles now that he's had this new euphoric experience as some of the people who are emailing, uh, who are commenting to me or emailing me are dismissive as, as the PC uh, to the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he was just like it, you know, consoles look like a joke. I don't just mean visually. I just mean how things are interconnected. I'm like, well, you don't really elaborate on that. And, you know, he goes on to talk about like the patching process and the modding process. And truth be told, I'm a PC gamer. I don't give a shit about most mods, you know, and, and, and this mm-hmm. is just me as a UK, but like, you know, just some things that he was saying was just like, all right, look, let's not get carried away. All right, PC gaming is great. So is console gaming. Like they, they both have their merits and and, and, and and flaws. And like the problem that arises, you know, the pro the, 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 the problem with, you know, acceptance of the different platforms is exactly this attitude of, yo, this shit is awesome and this other shit sucks. You know? And I'm like, I don't know. That was slightly disappointing to me because I usually like what Tatilla writes. Um so and it, it kind of painted a poor picture of you know kind of the attitude that PC gamer, gamers kind of have because you know you, everybody's going to be fanboyish to a point when somebody feels their things threatened they're going to be extra fanboyish like you know they'll, they'll call in the Sony Defense Force of the PlayStation <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so this kind of smacks of that and I'm like don't do that don't do that we're not like that <laughs> um, but yeah it, it's it's an interesting read if nothing else to, to to just see at least there's someone in the mainstream saying you know what this isn't that hard. Mm-hmm. But after saying this isn't that hard, he goes into this like long expose about like how it took him like an hour to figure out why his TV was overscanning and like his laptop wasn't working on it. And it's just like you are kind of dismissing your own point. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, well, I guess he's got to do both sides of it. Well, he does have to do both sides, but like he's you know he's saying oh like it's it's not a nightmare anymore. And for some people that that kind of is a nightmare because like he yeah, has a nightmare. He had I to go to Twitter. To work. And the thing oh, is, he God. didn't find it out on himself. He uh, on his own. He had to go and and seek help from like the Twitter sphere. You know. Yeah, shoot, I wouldn't even like go to Twitter. That'd be the last place I look for help. <laughs> like in on on a console, you could probably just go to like system settings and configurations and figure that out there. And you know, PC's not going to have that. It's never going to. And 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 the post that I'm going to put up will hopefully be like be as factual as possible and 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 at least as objective as possible in terms of my interpretations of like the the myths what is still a myth and what is actually still true so i'm i'm hoping that like i'm hoping that it comes across as like you know real and not just like i like pcs and so like mm-hmm. all this stuff is lies man because <laughs> it's not yeah. you know, some, some some shit is still hard anyway um what else anything else no. From the Dread Pack before you... Let's wrap this cavil up. You dilly-dally off to Vic. Okay, so 
Um, send us questions. Send us emails. We got questions this week through Twitter and Facebook and um, Google Plus and something that was cool. Um, where can they email us, sir? Make an email us at mailbag at trygames.net. You can follow us on Twitter at Mr. Chupon. That's with a Z, a, a, an O, not a zero, but with an O. <laughs> and, and, and Al at D, Red Mage, like Dread Mage, like a Red Mage with dreads. Ha, ha, ha. Um, follow us there. Um, email us there. And uh, I, I would have said that we would have beaten the once in a month mark, but considering that it's going to take me a day to edit this, we're just going to come in at the next month. So Yeah, we are. I don't even think I'll be able to send this until tomorrow. Oh, fuck. Okay, well then. Uh, by the time you hear this, that article should be posted, so let me know what you think. Um, I tried to be as, as you know, open as possible to, 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 to everything um, and just giving my anecdotal experience and trying not to be too much of a fanboy because I like everything and I hate everything. So, <laughs> But uh, for Al. My voice is going. Bye-bye. Hey, it sounds pretty good at this point. Yeah. It does. It, it does, it does sound pretty good. I'm, I'm holding, like, a lot of drip. <laughs> and I have to like get rid of it and I can't cough because everybody's <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Alright, you go let go of that drip. I have been your host, Austin, and peace. peace. Balls and knapsack. Ew, that's just nasty. <laughs> <laughs>